this just in. Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Marianne. I'm Graham. And this week we're talking about a new entry on the list, Brad Bird's 2018 Incredibles 2. Not The Incredibles 2, but Incredibles 2, which apparently a lot of the fans are quite upset about. Setting a tone. There's no the. There's no the in front of it. (laughs) No, I mean, that's what they're upset about. Yeah, they're actually, apparently, yeah, Pixar fans are very hardcore in in what they they believe. But yeah, the the movie entered the list. Um, It's uh, been dropping ever since. It is one of the movies that, interestingly enough, was released in the US uh, several weeks ago. It was delayed in the Republic of Ireland and the United Kingdom because the World Cup is currently on. Um, so Another reason to hate the World Cup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. Graham's starting the podcast on a good note. But it, it's had an interesting... Is it World set. Cup or the World Cup? Um, or the World, World Cup 2. Um, yeah, World Cup 2017 or 2018. Yeah. But yeah, the argument is that... Uh, so basically, as a result of the World Cup, you've had a sort of a shifting of the blockbuster landscape where a lot of releases are being sort of staggered in the way they used to be. So The Incredibles has actually been out in the States... For I think a good three weeks at this yeah. point. If only the World Cup lasted all summer, because um, <laughs> like, like I, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't approve of summer movies. <laughs> um, uh, like I, I'm actually I'll I'll qualify that. Um, I'm okay with summer movies when it's in the in the evening outdoors on 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 a big screen. Like like it has to get to that time in the evening. Where you'll actually be able to see things oh, on a screen. Like I, I, I like the idea of drive throughs and and and, 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 and that thing they? and that thing. No, but they they do a thing in in like the Marion Square oh. and. Listeners yeah, may that's... may want a bit of context for this. Some, right? of, our, because... some of our listeners might have drive throughs Yeah, because <laughs> la- last year um, on the 250, we noted a lot of summer movies coming in, and we recorded those, and we never had an argument quite like this. No. <laughs> the reason for that is because Ireland has never had a summer quite like no. this. Yes. This summer, for foreign listeners in Ireland, has been sunny, it's been beautiful, it's been clear, the skies have been blue, the sun has been out, it's the, been the just... The grass is now yellow. Yeah. I think people <laughs> in other countries actually understand what sunny weather is, and we may <laughs> We don't need to explain it. We're over-explaining it, it because we're, it's so alien we're showing, to us. We're showing how alien it is by having to explain it. So this is why this year Andrew is maybe a little bit uncomfortable with having to <laughs> A, spend two hours and a half indoors watching a movie, and then also spending two hours and a half indoors recording a podcast hours, about I am not staying for two and a half hours. <laughs> the setup is included in that. <laughs> Listeners already know how long the podcast is. <laughs> it's only a surprise for the people on it. Um, but yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about this because The Incredibles um, is... Summer? <laughs> is, is still such a novelty that we're sort of getting over it. But yeah, we, we sort of we took a bit of a, a recording break. So this is the first time myself and Andrew have been recording this podcast podcast in a, in a number of weeks actually but in so terms of, yeah we, we, we don't come we out did, of retirement we did a pre-world cup uh, episode that some of you might have listened to yeah we recorded that in like april yeah yeah it, 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 we 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 what we, uh, we saw uh, united passions which was um surprisingly watchable it, it was good in a way the like bad a, movies can good be good. A, yeah exactly but which what is a, the most you can hope for. what about the movie that we're here to talk about today? what about the movie that we are here to talk about today because <laughs> we've been saving it we we we're 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 just um chock full of uh, surprising and interesting takes quips 
Um, Punchlines, one-liners, puns. Yeah. So, guys, um, Graham and Marianne, right? Hello. How do you guys uh, feel about... Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about The First Incredibles, the um, the Brad Bird movie from 2004. The sequel has been 14 years in the making. What do you guys make of Incredibles? Because I believe Marianne actually did what she described as homework for this podcast. I watched podcast. it last night <laughs> to remind myself Nerd. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cramming. Um, so um, your man who has the notebook while he's re-watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I... In some ways, actually, I don't think it's fair to do a direct comparison between the two because it has been 14 years. And actually, some of the like complaints I've seen online is like, oh, Incredibles 2 is like a lot like Incredibles 1. It's like, guys, that's not for you. It's <laughs> yeah. for children. You're an adult now. Like, of course, there's going to be like recycled themes and stuff because it's been 14 years and no one expected you to still care this much <laughs> um, which is maybe unfair i mean like the i thought the first one really it really really holds up mm. and absolutely yeah, so. it's it's one of my favorite pixar films it's interesting enough one of the few pixar films to have dropped off the list yeah in terms of pixar films that are currently on the list it's like finding nemo it's up it's wally it's this it's coco it's, um, it's Toy Story and Toy Story 3. It's the Korean War of Pixar movies. It's the forgotten Pixar Our movie. <laughs> the Incredibles. Well, Until it, now. Because that's it. Because um, when, when you mention The Incredibles to people, everybody loves it. But it seems to be yes. one that people don't necessarily like. Very few people seem to have it as their favourite. They'll go with Finding Nemo or they'll go with Wally or they'll go with... It e- does less of the overt like heartstring tugging yeah. that you associate with Pixar. Like with Up, like with Coco, like... The sort of Inside out. yeah, I mean, The Incredibles yeah. does not make me cry. No, yeah. Though I will say the scene where you know they think where Bob thinks that the pe- family have died on the plane. Do you know when the missile? Yeah, but goes? I mean, but it's, it's, genuine, it's, oh, that's actually it's quite, not that's the quite same as like the moment. opening half of Wally, where this is yeah. lonely robot learning to dance, or it's not the same as the opening ten minutes of Up, which mm. devastate you emotionally, or it's not even like Inside Remember Out. Remember me, which is yeah, which is the entire no. Uh, but Remember or, me, or the entire like uh, content of Inside Out, which is like this emotional it. drama <laughs> that's playing out inside somebody's head. The Incredibles is like a high-concept 60s James Bond-inspired action movie. It's like, it's Alfred Hitchcock meets Tex Avery. It just goes. It's got this wonderful it's, engine. It's the Fantastic it. Four film we've always wanted. It's, yeah, both the best the Fantastic Four film ever made and the best Watchman adaptation ever made. Sure, <laughs> yeah. And one of the best superhero movies ever made, I would argue, and one of the best action movies as well. Yeah, you can say that definitely about the sequel as well. I think it's so... It was really interesting to me watching Incredibles watching The Incredibles and then Incredibles 2 today. Thank you, Marianne. Don't come at me on Twitter. (laughs) um, I think because I think it's something that's lost in so many modern superhero movies for like adults, presumably for adults, is just good storytelling. Like good, solid, like beat, beat, beat. Like you just, it was very satisfying to watch a superhero movie that just, Nails that. Yeah, and I would absolutely agree. Certainly The Incredibles is one of the best superhero movies ever made. Yeah. You know, uh, Incredibles 2, jury is out, I guess, until we have a bit of a chat about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we'll settle on whether it's good or not. We'll sort that out. Yeah, yeah. The, the people are depending on us to, 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 to be to, the arbiters. Of, of taste. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so Graham actually, as the person on this Graham podcast, is was, as the ultimate arbiter of trace, because you've seen this uh, three times yeah. uh, already, which is remarkable given this is its opening weekend in Ireland. <laughs> How many uh, times have you seen this, Darren? Twice. Twice. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so yeah. also impressive, having noticed that it only opened yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, so, what did you make of it, and how did you find watching it multiple times? So, is it still as fresh? Is it still as interesting? Did it work as well for you the second time and the third time as it did the first? I think the I think the second time was maybe the worst time I watched it. I think honestly, the because the first time it was fresh, it was new. There was so much going on. I loved. Uh, I, I have a lot of history and animation, so I was just watching every frame, just seeing how much the textures have grown, um, have evolved and everything. I, I really loved that about it. Um, and the third time, the reason why I loved it so much in the third time was because we were a part of an amazing uh, audience, I think. Yes, like, yes. Like, the audience yes. was, just, was just having so much fun with this. Like... Andrew, and context, Andrew alone from the short, which we'll get to, was, for, was just comedy gold. For context for, for listeners, because this is the opening weekend, we took it in at a 10.30am more, morning screening um, in the Pavilions and Swords, which I expected to be relatively quiet and empty, but yeah. when we arrived was packed full of kids. Do you know, and there, were, there were a lot of people... And there was no parents, like, what, what's going on there? <laughs> no, what, what I noticed as well when we were leaving was that there were a lot of groups who were probably having, like, uh, birthday parties, who the first part of the birthday party was to go to the cinema, and then they had to go back home to, to you know... Um, because the guy who's bringing the bouncing castle, like someone needs to be He's at home. Calling them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, get out, get out, get out!" Yeah, we're not watching the trailers. Yeah, I mean that's such a thing, isn't it? Like for me, it's like, oh, I'm doing an activity at half ten on a Saturday yeah. morning. Where if you're a parent, that's just your life. <laughs> you have to be like up and out and doing things. So yeah, I wasn't actually surprised that it was crowded, but it was nice. I was a little bit surprised. I thought we'd have like maybe something small, but. But that, I suppose that's it's a good sign. Um, it's got such a high number. Yeah. And, and as we alluded to, we had the biggest child in the audience sitting right next to us. And <laughs> Andrew kind of set the tone when they were watching Bao, which is the short film that comes beforehand. Yes. Um, and just just absolutely adored it. And I think that sort of like set the tone. I think even to the kids, that sort of signaled it was okay to go with the film. <laughs> it was like the kids in the audience are like, this is a grown person. They are like letting loose. I, I liked as well that there were babies in the audience <laughs> who were kind of latching on to um, the baby character in the movie. Because there, there's not enough presentation of, of um, strong babies <laughs> in, in, in movies these days. But and, Andrew's joking, but you would hear moments where like Jack Jack would go, ah, and you'd hear from the back of the audience another, ah, in response. You would. You would. You yeah, would. Uh, Ooh, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, twice. Like, what was that? <laughs> which, is, which is absolutely beautiful. And it's a great way to see it because it is a massively crowd-pleasing movie. Yeah. It goes. It is at 158 minutes. It is the longest Pixar film. Wow. It is also the really? longest computer animated Pixar film but it doesn't feel like that not at all not to me and the the thing that Marianne said about it it uh, some of the kind of fans of the first movie uh, kind of be, be, being upset about about it being so similar the, as in the sequel being so similar to the first movie I quite like that I, 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 I as as in I found I found there was a moment in the movie where I kind of realized, oh, this is the same as the first movie, and then I was like, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and and I've already moved on. Is, yeah. the, is it the monorail scene? Yes. Well, that for me it was the monorail scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how she I, does it so differently to how Bob did it when he yeah. was back well, in the 
um, just to talk generally about it, one of the things that it does is it does the thing that a lot of Pixar sequels do, which is perhaps a, a good way of approaching a sequel, which is they maintain a similar plot. So you know if you're going to see the sequel to Monsters, you, Monsters Inc., you're going to get a similar situation. You know mm. if you're going to see Finding Nemo or Finding Dory, you'll get a similar sort of setup. There's going to be a fish. It's going to be looking for someone. But what they do is they switch the protagonists around. So obviously uh, in the first film, Bob is very much the, the driving force of the narrative. Here it's Helen. In Finding Nemo, it's Marlon who does the searching and it's Dory who sort of follows him, whereas that position's reversed in the sequel. In Cars and Cars 2, those classics of Pixar animation. Oh, Cars the, 3. Yeah, well, Cars 3 is better than Cars 2. Cars 2 this. is one of the worst films I've ever seen. A little part of me Cars died. Is, Cars 3 is actually quite good. Oh, okay. I like Cars 3. I, I haven't worked up the... Uh, the energy tend to bring myself. It goes in ascending order. It goes three is the best one because it's the best number. The highest number. The highest and therefore number. the Sorry. highest quality. Good God. <laughs> three is the best. The number. heat is doing stuff to me, Darren. Okay. But anyway, so let's 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 just before we go, let's sort of jump and ask the three questions before we jump to the spoiler zone. First of all, do you think that this movie belongs on the top two hundred fifty movies of all time? Second question is would it be on your own personal two fifty? And third question is, if members of the audience who are listening to this podcast haven't seen it yet, should they run out to see it? And should they see it with an audience of impressionable young children? So we'll start with Marianne. I mean, not if you have <laughs> to organise that, that yourself. young children. But yeah. um, if it happens naturally, then... <laughs> <laughs> you seek out an audience of impressionable yeah. young children. Please... Don't seek out children <laughs> to see this movie Impressionable with. or otherwise. Unless you just have some in your life who might, like, want to go see it. I'm going to be very clear at the game that that is my answer to Marianne's hardline the third stance. question. Do not kidnap children. Do just not. Line in the sand. Um, definitely go see it. It's great fun. Uh, would say it's a really good one to see in the cinema. It would not be on my personal 250, and I do not think it should be in the 250 shocked and horrified that the incredibles isn't on the 250 it was yes. yeah i would i would much rather have the incredibles on there than than this um and i like this i love this a lot this is a very enjoyable movie uh, what about yourself graham how do you feel um i echo a lot of what uh, marion says um you also agree with not kidnapping i'm drawing children. i'm putting a line in the sand don't don't kidnap children um, you never know you might have a baby's day out scenario it might get really weird kidnap older people kidnap older people yeah. Yeah. They'll that's, welcome what, we, the that's what we technically kind of did to Andrew um, <laughs> yeah. um, and he had a, a great time and it's the same uh, no it's not on my personal 250 and Good. no I don't think it deserves to be on the 250 I'm the exact same I think The Incredibles should still be on the 250 and, I, and actually you didn't say Darren um, what number is it on the 250 right now it's currently 183 I mean, and it's it's dropping rather dramatically. I wouldn't expect it to yeah, hang around no, a no. great deal. It's not long for this yeah, world. I don't but... think it deserves to be on the 250. The Incredibles deserves to be on the 250 for what it yeah. did. For I, what it's I, still doing. Well, I mean, this is this is the thing. When these movies come in, the, the question's always slightly loaded. It's like, is this movie that you've just seen, having a time to process, is a sequel and a superhero movie and an animated film, uh, does it belong on the 250? And it's like, it, it's going to be there for about a week and a half. So that's sort of the question sure. you're asking. Yeah. It's like um, Deadpool 2, which I think we talked about. Graham, the yep. last new entry that we covered is already gone. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, it's, it disappeared about two weeks ago, a of week course. and a half after it appeared, which surprises nobody. We saw, like, John Wick... Uh, two. Uh, first episode. Hold on, chapter two? Yeah. Chapter yes. two. Like um, the Godfather. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, volume, volume two. two. Yeah, all these things are... to John Wick, Parabellum. Yeah. In, in, Incredible uh, two. Yeah. <laughs> but two. yeah. 
Um, Monsieur Lincraft. My personal, my personal favorite bon one voyage. is um, is Moonlight, which actually entered and left the list in the time it took us to record the episode. Wow, That's which is, is quite impressive because yeah. the, the list is very volatile. I mean, there are some people on the list who are like, "Wait a second, what's this doing here?" It just moved the votes. This makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's a different podcast. Um, we will, if we're going to talk about why movies make the list or why movies IMDb don't make the list. voters and, and listeners to the 250 are... are... I, know, I know that there's, yeah, there's a very sort of archetypal voter, which explains why Deadpool 2 and Avengers made the list, but Not Black, Black Panther, Panther didn't, uh, perhaps, which is sad. Yeah. So uh, voters on 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 the 250 are, are, are a very specific set of people. But 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 the the two fifty listeners are, are a more sophisticated special sophisticated um, yeah I feel like we're selling a perfume for the sophisticated listener um, with that Marianne mind of- and Graham are like what is going on can <laughs> I leave <laughs> now go to the spoiler zone until Darren says something what what am I saying yours you you, you ask these Andrew, questions of all of us Andrew hasn't answered the oh, question okay okay so I I would recommend people watch it. I'm glad it was on the 250 so that we could get to watch it together. Yes. This is like a 250 staple is Darren going, oh, <laughs> I, I, and, and let's, let, let's keep that thing going. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the um, noises Darren makes in the background of podcasts. <laughs> Was it like when a Christopher Nolan movie comes out of the machine? <laughs> it's it's that uh, Dar- Dar- Darren's ad for herbal essences. He's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> um, sorry. Is that because um, of how weirded out you were that there was a herbal essences ad right before the film? Yeah, with all those kids and that. Every yeah, time, like... every time that we've gone to see a movie in Dublin. The last ad that airs before the movie starts is a herbal essence ad, which is a oh, very it strange. It used to be Australian uh, shampoo, but it's, it's a shampoo ad in general, which seems oh. like a very odd target market. It's like you're about to watch a movie. Have you shampooed your hair? Do you not feel like a bit greasy in the cinema always? Though I always do. I'm just like oh, everyone else's popcorn is in the have, air. Yeah, you have your yeah. you, you've poured all that butter on on the popcorn. Yeah. And then you're no, putting I your hand in the popcorn and rubbing it and through your, your hair. Hand in your hair. You've got little bits of uh, Maltesers that are also on your hair. So you're rubbing Malteser butter through your hair, and and then like kind of this is for our very sophisticated up, listeners. Massing it, um, yeah. Two fifty after dark. Yeah, I feel like you're not using enough adjectives there. But so back the, to the three the, questions. Yeah, the, the, the ads should be more specific in that case. They should have people like in, how the trailers uh, have become. Yeah, yeah. Pe- pe- people in the ads with like uh, cinema ads. hair, and and, and then and then they get it fi- uh, fixed. All right, but but back to the three questions. But back ask. to the three questions. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't have enough perspective yet to 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 say whether whether this uh, belongs beyond. It wouldn't be the only if it were to stay on, which it won't. Um, it wouldn't be the only um, Pixar uh, sequel movie that's on it. Yes, the, Toy Story three is on there. Yeah. So, uh, like, and 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 this is and this is a really good Pixar movie, and and it's a very good genre movie in a lot of ways. There's a lot of because we all, I, I, I think you've all mentioned superhero movies, but there's a lot of great uh, spy movie kind of uh, tropes, even, even mm. some kind of disaster uh, movie, movie so. aspects uh, to it as well, um, which are all very kind of enjoyable. So yeah, and 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 it was it was a, it was an awful lot of fun. 
I think it had uh, I think it had um plenty of important things to say as as well. Maybe mm. more like to me, maybe more so than 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 the first. I, oh, I think I, I think the first movie expressed a kind of an anxiety that it's that it's per, perhaps uh, more challenging to have um, sympathy for. Whereas I think the second movie a, a expressed a, an almost well a similar but not quite identical um, anxiety that um, for me anyway that it was more easy to not identify with but to uh, sympathize um to, to, towards like yeah. I, I i i felt i felt more for the protagonists in 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 this movie and i also i think i i i, I appreciated more the journey of bob or but, but bob as well oh. in 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 this movie and 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 I think um, I think it, I think I had some interesting things to say. I think it, it, like it, it it also tried to say some other interesting things about about other topics. But um, I suppose without saying what those topics are, but which which were maybe less interestingly yeah. handled, but um, were still I, I I think it was still good that they were in a movie. Yeah, if you know what I mean. I, I kind of I, I imagine that people who've seen the movie uh, know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And this is interesting because I'm I'm gonna fall as usual on the fence on this, and that I think it is a spectacular genre movie. I think it's a fantastic action movie. I think Brad Bird is one of the best action directors around. It's telling, for example, when he made this that he hired um the stunt coordinators who had worked on um, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol oh, with him, nice. um, in order to get the physicality of the characters right, yeah. in order to do some of the stuff with physics that the movie does, which is inventive, beautiful, stunning to watch. I do think, however, the movie sort of lacks, and I, and I feel like this is, you know, this is kind of the, the flip side of the complaint that Marianne was mentioning. It lacks some of the sophistication that I expect of the best Pixar stuff. And it's interesting because while I agree that The Incredibles is not the most sophisticated of Pixar films, it still has a lot of interesting stuff going on beneath the surface that I like was quite challenging, I think, to show children in the way that Pixar movies can be in terms of its portrayal of like a dysfunctional marriage and a, you know a, a healthy family environment and, and sort of this idea of how you relate to other people and sort of what your role is and what your function is and how you feel about yourself. And I feel like The Incredibles 2 deals with these themes, putting a slightly different emphasis on it, but I, I don't think it... What it does with that slightly different emphasis in this one works as well as the original go through in the first film did, I think. Well, sure. I feel like it, uh, specifically Helen's story, kind of falls off a cliff at the end. Yeah. Like uh. you don't get the same, like, and this is literally because I've just watched them back to back, but like at the end of The Incredibles, like there's an epiphany for Bob. Yeah. And like you see the family kind of move forward as a unit. And at the end of this one, there's kind of a similar, like, so good we still like being a family great you know yeah and, I, but that I suppose was the conclusion probably wasn't yeah. as... but that was never in doubt is yeah the thing. it was never in doubt and also that was never a concern for helen it kind yeah. of didn't go into yeah the anxieties driving helen the same way the first one goes mm. into the anxieties that are driving bob and I think that's partially because... Look, She's a better character. Well, it's because also because like the man having a midlife crisis uh-huh. is an arc that we're all very familiar with. Yeah. Even if you're not a man. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. Well, you've seen it through yeah. media. Yeah. You've seen it yeah. recycled well, and repeated. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, seven years of Mad Men. Yeah. And, but like, just, like, all those beats are very familiar. Whereas, like, 
a woman kind of having a crisis of like, oh, like, what is my home when I'm not there? They just didn't follow that no. through. Yeah. You know, and you didn't, Helen didn't end up somewhere new. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like, like Helen doesn't so much have an arc as a line. And, and Bob yeah. Bob has some interesting stuff going on where you can sort of see an arc, but the movie is almost afraid to pursue that arc because of what that what pursuing that arc would lead to. Yeah. So it kind of, it, it, it has speed bumps that it hits along the way mm-hmm. rather than an overarching plan. And I mean, I, I like it. I think it's it's visually stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. It is, as I described, it's Alfred Hitchcock meets Tex Avery. It's mm-hmm. got that wonderful 60s design of like sleek lines and sort of, boxes and angles as opposed to curves it's got those bright preliminary color primary colors it's got like there's there's sequences in this where the characters are just sitting talking there's one sequence early in the film where they're at a shady motel and they're literally just sitting in front of a pool and it looks beautiful the water's perfectly lit everything there's red on the sign there's glowing neon letters and you've got that all the primary colors you've got the silhouette of the characters and it just looks it reminds me of the work of like darwin cook the artist where it's got that sort of like what you imagine the 60s look like that sort of like Saul bass type quality Mm. to it um and it is absolutely beautiful it just doesn't it didn't click with me in the way that the the first one did and i i i mean i like it a lot i think it's one of the best movies of the summer that I've seen so far, if not the best movie of the summer that I've seen so far, by a clear distance. I hope it's the last movie I see of the summer. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the end of the podcast and what we're covering next week. I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, with that in mind, then we might jump into the spoiler zone. We might. So, Graham, yes. what is Incredibles 2 about for you? Honestly, it's it's weird. I think the weakest part of the of Incredibles 2, which brings me to the things that I love about it, is the story is the weakest part, but everything else, the characters are fantastic in it. Um, it looks superb. Um, the action beats are... It has yeah. some of the best action I've seen in a, in, in, in a film, uh, not just an animated film. Like I still say my favorite fight is when Jack-Jack fights that raccoon. Yeah, that is it's my favorite place it, because it just it just looks like when when he bursts into flames, it just like it properly envelops the the, the patio, and he's just walking and he's like picking up and, the things. But you also get the reaction shots. It's all the perfectly timed. The is freaking out. It, it's very much like a Looney Tunes, yeah. except it's halfway between being a Looney Tunes. But it's Tunes also terrifying. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a baby. Yeah. 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 And like I I just I love the characters. Like, uh, but I will say the the story for me is like. I know immediately who the villain is. I know immediately yeah. who's got the, where the where the MacGuffin's going to be. I know the red herrings. The sec because of the second of how it introduces the characters, the new yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, but it didn't matter because I was still charmed by literally everything in the film. Yeah. I loved all the character. I loved ninety five percent of the characters. I loved ninety five percent of the characters. There's one character that I thought was that could have been a lot better, but um, I I'll just I'll. No, I'll say it now. I didn't like the villain. Screenslaver. No, not just Screenslaver. I didn't like... Evelyn Den. I didn't like Evelyn. Evelyn. I didn't like Evelyn. The second Whose name is on... Evil Endeavor. Nice. It's not even that. One time when, when uh, Helen walks into the room with Wynne and Evelyn in the room, he's all shining in light, and she is literally in the shadows. And there's almost like there's a line down it going... What? She's, she's, she's introduced she's dumping her crap on, on the, the helpless manservant. Yeah. Um, but she's also made to look like she's... Maybe a bit scatterbrained because she's the usual like super intelligent being who's like I'm scatterbrained when it comes to normal things, but when it comes to intelligent stuff, 
I'm the best. So that's what I kind of got at it for the first time. The yeah. was I knew it was going to be her because it's that too it, obvious it, that it's Wynn. Well, I mean, well, what's interesting what... is like from the premise of the movie, I was mm. able to tell, like before I'd seen a single frame, but I was able to go looking at the cast list. It's like, okay, the screen slaver has shown up. Mm. Um, there are two new characters played by Bob Odenkirk and Catherine Keener. Yeah. Odenkirk is trying to bring them back. So obviously Catherine Keener's character yeah. is going to turn out to be the villain in yeah. disguise. Um, All the while, the audience are kind of told that it might be win. I don't think they are. I mean, I don't think that, like, I don't didn't think that was supposed to be a twist. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was. That's the problem with it for me. But, but like you said, there was just so much visual language yeah. from the get-go. But is that because we're so used to looking at films and dissecting films? Well, That's what not, I mean. Well, I'm not. Also, we're but, not the target we're audience. We're not children. Yeah, yeah, I guess this is the thing. Uh, it's like, we're not supposed, like, this was not supposed to be an adult twist for yeah. adults, yeah. where we go, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was all meant to be like, yeah, it was all meant to catch us by surprise. Yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining a bunch of kids sitting through a screening of The Prestige, wondering why there are so many ground you Jackmans. No, what I, uh, what I know is the kids just go, my god, it was Evelyn all along. I'd love to have heard a kid say that. <laughs> I knew it was her. I knew it. <laughs> but, but I feel like that whole, like, I, I mean, if I was a child, I don't think, like, Evelyn would be of any interest yeah. to me. Uh, yeah. Like, she's such an adult character. Like, there's yeah. not much, like, she is very, there's nothing much visually interesting about mm. her. Like, like most, <laughs> mostly what she does is drink with Helen. You she's know? an alcoholic in a yeah. sense. And have her very... big villain monologue is wearing a cardigan and sitting cross-legged on the floor. Because sure. it's cold. No, but but I mean, like, and, it's yeah. not visually, it's, no. I, I think Marianne's right that it's not, like, she's not a visually impressive no, That's why I love Syndrome. And, and the, 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 the well, more... Syndrome is a character who works very well for kids because he's introduced as a kid and even as an adult he's still shorter and pudgier than the other characters it's, so he seems like a kid hair. yeah he's... but it's not even that syndrome is syndrome also has because I, I i also watched it recently as well syndrome still has some, like some fantastic motivations that would for a teenager to, and above would be engaging like he's like he wants to bring down his hero he wants to be the villain that can do what no other villain could and also he has the great line of once everyone's super no one is super. That is a that is an iconic line that I adored since I saw that film when I was. Oh, we're gonna 25. talk about that line. I, I adore that. We film. are gonna talk about that like, line. Yeah, I think Syndrome is a fantastic villain, and that was definitely a hole in this. Like movie. the whole thing, the monologue line, where he's like, "You made me monologue," <laughs> and I can kind of see where the, what they were trying to mm. do with it. It's just like sometimes. A bad person is just like an inoffensive woman in a cardigan. And, you know, like, that's... <laughs> that's a great line. But you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like they were trying to go the opposite from, like, sometimes evil isn't kind of overt or mm. monologue or whatever it is. But it just didn't work because I think they were trying to go against something in the genre there, but did not adequately replace it with, with something interesting yeah. because and, yeah. her, her power comes from a bunch of other superhero characters which she's brainwashed yeah. which are a set of like indistinct powers which give you nice set pieces yeah. but no cohesion i would say screen slaver the design of screen slaver was pretty cool i liked how screen slaver yeah. looked like he looked like with a the, kind of weird the bane of mask Do- and yeah of doc ock and bane like he looked like a really cool version of that and you know he has the best has one of the best fights in it when screen slaver is fighting helen in the epilepsy room yeah 
Which well, is, well, they actually had to famously put up epilepsy warnings after the fact. They yeah. didn't realise when they were making it that all these blinking lights may trigger seizures. Was there one before this screening? I don't think there was. There, was, well, there wasn't. There were signs up everywhere yeah, around the cinema having yeah. learned the lesson. Because there's none. And I saw it the first, the first time I saw it. They did not have those up. No. Um, so but, that was a fun surprise. But I mean, that that's the sequence where they hired a stunt person because they brought in the yeah, guys who work at Brad Bird. Um, and, and that's why, for example, when she's fighting, she tries to hold a corner because that's what you do if you're fighting blind. You get yourself in a corner so you can limit the amount of spaces from which you can be attacked. Which Darren already knew. Yeah. Yeah, well, Darren's a man from the street. Yeah, I, I'm, still, I'm still Darren from the block. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. But yeah, let's... Listeners can't see his blocks. Uh, or his rocks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But uh, let's talk a little bit about Screenslaver's motivations, because I suspect this is what Andrew was referring to when he said there was an aspect of the film that didn't work as well for you, maybe. No, the, yeah, the... Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you... you, <laughs> no, yes, you, hit, yes, you no. Sorry, you hit the nail on the head. I, I realised that, that you're referring to the, the whole Screensaver bit, because there's a whole kind of a monologue um, that's... Uh, sorry, Screenslaver. Yes. Um, Screenslaver. I do appreciate yeah, word. Um, uh, uh, delivers and it's kind of lost <laughs> plays um, over an action sequence plays over it's a great an action, action sequence. sequence it's the moment where she's throwing herself through the city she's gliding she's slinking she's opening doors but you get this big monologue about how uh, everybody is basically a slave to screens you, how you, 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 live you don't your... play games you play you watch, watch game, game shows yes yeah. like you don't date you watch you, well, you don't talk you watch talk, talk shows. shows but if i may surely the entire point of that was that like this is empty rubbish that's not actually <laughs> relevant to anything you know it was literally the fight club like you're not your wallet like speech yeah. and, but but, and but that's the point because it's not <laughs> because it is that isn't her motivation. Her, her motivation, no. ultimately. No. So, I mean, I thought that was actually really well done, that it was like, ultimately, this is an empty monologue. What we're supposed to be focusing on is, is the fact that she's, she's doing. Yeah. Well, like, also just, on Helen being a hero. It's a funny thing, though, because it puts, it puts this, like, like it, 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 it does... I, I, I do agree with you that it, it's it's used in the movie kind of as... Background um, noise almost. Yeah, and, and that it is uh, sort of like a MacGuffin, so it's it's not like... So or maybe I'm misusing that, but that, that it's not so important what's actually being said. But it seems like a very... Um, and it, and as 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 kind of cliched and hackneyed, the whole message of it is. It, mm. It's a it's it 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 seems like an important enough kind of message to uh, to. Yeah, and and there's more to it than that. It's a recurring thematic concern of Brad Bird. He's an interview. He's talked about how he thought it was very important that while Screenslaver have their personal motivation, mm. that the character also espouse a philosophy that was interesting. To yeah, she says people take ease over quality every, every time. time. Uh, which is one of the recurring motifs of Brad Bird's sort of filmography. Brad Bird has this sort of weird theme that runs through his work about... It's been described as objectivist uh, in some ways, in that inspired by the writings of Rand. That's not quite what it is. He has this sort of, this idea that, like, this anxiety about the body politic, about, like, the, about mass populations, about crowds, about the, the average person. Um, and you see it throughout his films. You see it most obviously in the first Incredibles, where you have that line, 
you know, soon everybody will be special. And that will mean that nobody is. Mm. You have it in Tomorrowland, which is the, the movie that he made with Disney before he went to make Incredibles 2, where all the smart people in the world literally have to invent an alternate dimension where they can get away from all the dumb, normal people who are holding them back. And as part of that, you have a big rant about how, like, we fill our pop culture with these images that, like, erode our brain power and sap our strength and fill us with sort of despair instead of hope. And... Screenslaver feels like Tomorrowland. it's Screenslaver. Tomorrowland is is a very well made film. It's got some fantastic action mm. sequence in it. It's just the most Brad Birdian of films in some ways. But even in the first Incredibles, you have this idea, this notion that like people, and it's interesting because in the Incredibles, people are born special. There's no indication of like people getting their superpowers through accidents or through experiments or through like technology. In fact, in the world of the Incredibles, technology is repeatedly shown to be horrible. In the first Incredibles, Syndrome is like an arms dealer, basically, who's like mass producing these individual sort of quirks of superheroes and selling them to the highest bidder in order to erode the natural brilliance of these people who are so special and so, you know, need, need to be worshipped, uh, but who have been ground down by a society that doesn't understand or appreciate how brilliant they are. The children in The Incredibles inherit their powers from their parents, for example. Even here, like, Screenslaver is... Both of the villains in the two Incredibles movies are not given power naturally instead they derive powers through innovation through technology through you know application of sort of skill and hard work as opposed to being naturally gifted and it's something i find a little bit uncomfortable when i watch brad bird's films there's this weird sense that like <laughs> like some, elitism yeah that people are born special and the best thing you can do if you're not born special is just stay the hell out of their way even in this film there's the bit at the start where, um, is it Tony? The boy Tony? Yeah, Tony. Yeah. His memory is wiped, right, in order to protect the family. But it's primarily viewed through how that affects Violet. Not how that affects him. Not what he lost. Not that he was brainwashed. Because he's just a regular pleb. He doesn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. All that matters is that them wiping his memory affected Violet, who is a special person. And there's, there's a lot of this sort of... Sorry, I, I, I think that's... I... I, 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 you, you might be right. I, I feel like that's reading a bit too much into it. I, 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 I don't. Um, it, it, it does tend to be technology in, in, in the hands of these people who aren't uh, supers. But I think what more, I think it's more of an analog for the superiority that we all have in, in ourselves. That 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 we're letting kind of be subsumed by um, uh, technology, you know, and 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 that tech te technology is somehow kind of um, take take taking away our, our humanity. It's it, um, it's and and but like you've seen more Brad Bird movies than I have, so like like because I guess I hadn't seen Tomorrowland or all of these sorts of things. I just thought of it in terms of um, there is something kind of um, uh, uh, special and there's so much kind of like uh, potential in in the human being that 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 gets so kind of um, diluted by our our um, slavery to 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 technology. Uh, by the way, it is or, it is worth noting, right? Birds. Um, 
Bird's backstory and sort of his history with Disney explain, I think, a great deal of where this is coming from. And actually sort of explain and make it seem more sympathetic than... I sound like I'm being really negative on Bird. I sound like I'm sort of like complaining. I'm sort of like rambling. You've kind of made him sound like an evil Hayao Yeah, And and, and that's that's not fair. (laughs) Because let's let's talk a little bit about Bird's career. He was famously... He was an incredibly talented artist as a young man who only ever wanted to work at Disney. He was 14 years old and he submitted his artwork to Disney. Disney saw his artwork and invented an internship so they could hire and bring him on. I will point yeah. out, I interviewed Brad about this and he brought up, I, I said, so your first thing was when you were 14. He goes, actually, my first thing was when I was 11. Yeah. Uh, and like I, and the, he said that he would animate stuff, right? Uh, he would do his own drawings and everything. And he said, my drawings weren't anything special, but it was the fact that they were all part of a story. They were all in a sequ- in a, I think I'm using the word right, sequential like yeah. path. And he said that's what people noticed was the fact that someone at that age, someone at that, at that time, was able to tell a proper narrative from A to B, and they got so excited by it, and that's what yeah. Uh, and got I, him. and I, like, he, he that, says that he's so not special. He sa- yeah, he says he's not special. That's phenomenal. That's an amazing gift, and you see it even now. He's a fantastic visual mm. storyteller. I mean, like, which which makes me doubt the kind of interpretation of of, of him as this. Um, what but the, I, su- I suspect you're getting to it. Well, okay, but the the issue is that when he was drafted to work at Disney, so he got this internship at Disney, and when he signed up, he found himself working at Disney in the middle of the '80s, which was not a hugely productive time for the studio. It was around the time of doing like the Black Cauldron and doing like the Rescuers Down Under, and these sort of sequels that were largely seen as being like driven as opposed to inventive it was before the disney renaissance of films like beauty and the beast or um the hunchback of notre dame or the lion king little mermaid it was before yeah it was before all those films it was around it was the the time in the in the 80s that everybody sort of forgets about when you list disney animated films and i i understand watching his movies and, and listening to him talk about in an interview's why he would feel that way why a story that is important to him would be the incredibles about these people who are incredibly gifted through sheer you know through what they believe to be chance like through through natural ability are just better at doing what they're doing than anybody else is and finding themselves in a society that doesn't know how to reward that or how to use that and i sort of i feel a great deal of sympathy when i look at bird's work and i see that theme play through it but I also see the kind of flip side of the coin. No, but I, I, I th- sorry, it, I it, make Brad Bird sound like screen slaver. No, because it, <laughs> it, it, it seems like he, he's not talking about people that are. Well, sorry, what, what, what do you think, think, think Marianne? Because I, I, I don't think he's talking about an elite group of people. I, I think the super. I don't think he's intentionally re- rep, rep, yeah. represents more something kind of universal. Um. I think you both make good points. <laughs> no, I gen- I'm going to break them no, down. I, no, I genuinely, I genuinely do think those are like both valid interpretations. I do not see the interpretation of this being like, oh, these superpowers are just like the latent potential in everyone. And that's because you don't get any moment in either of the Incredibles movies where you have 
the normal person who somehow helps out or like and you have that like trope throughout like the spider-man movies for example where where peter like collapses in the train car Mm. and the entire car agrees to keep his identity a secret Mm. because they're really heroes or the dark knight where tony tiny lister walks up picks up the detonator and throws it out the window in an act Mm. yeah it's like and you have like lois lane you have steve trevor you have all characters kind of throughout the superhero canon who are normal people with different skills, and you and that's just not present in the Incredibles. Would you just say Dicker I, is? But you say Dicker is the one. Dicker, who's... Dicker screws up at the start of this movie and causes Violet's whole arc to repeat itself oh, from the first film. Okay, but, yeah, but he's but, in the first one and he's very. But like, but like, I think like, but he's not like. He, there's no moment in the action oh, where yeah. he appears. And like, look, I mean, that might just be like a function of the storytelling where we like this is about this very family. special family we mm. don't have room for this but at the same time there is and so okay obviously in the first one there is this sort of anti-technology bent that's kind of like oh look syndrome has all this technology but like he is still a bad person and all this uh incredible technology that he's invented still does not make him able to defeat the incredibles or like his own inner demons <laughs> yeah. or any of that kind of thing in this second one, there's also this weird anti-technology bent, <laughs> but it's much more, it's it's way vaguer. Yeah. Like, it, I'm not really sure yeah. what, like, because it's kind of like, screens are bad, fire is scary, <laughs> come as this and was a witch, like, kind of. Evelyn even points out that she says she's going to use the fact of screensaver to make it that she doesn't have to use the hypnosis again. Well, she I mean, says it when she's when she's talking to look, Helen. She doesn't have <laughs> no sense. A clear through line. I mean, one of the more interesting arguments that I've read about it is that they reflect the same core idea about mistrust or wariness of technology and advances just for different eras. So in 2004, you had the Iraq War just started the invasion of Afghanistan. So your primary concern about what you know. Like, technology was like weapons of mass destruction and this idea of like arms merchants so that's what syndrome was doing whereas now it's like facebook technology there's like the moment where um where like she's talking she has um she has elastigirl sort of captive she has helen captive and she's sort of rambling about how you know the screens make us all sort of captive Mm. but that was so underdeveloped though because there was no evidence of that in the world it wasn't you're right like there's no like if we had seen maybe and i was actually thinking like it would have been a great opportunity to do something with the kids that you've got these two yeah kids maybe maybe dash is well dash is always watching tv not really like not but it's not a problem not yeah not explicit like if you had like Violet and... He's like, Dad, help me with my math Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, it's like if you had like Violet and Dash maybe glued to their screens, but then somehow that makes them immune to the screen slaver because yeah. they mm. occupy this That's, world. That oh would have been... Oh my God, that would that, so cool. that would, like, Brad Bird call me, but like this is <laughs> like... But like that would have been an actual like exploration yeah. of that team as opposed to this vague kind of like, did you know screens are bad? And it's like, yeah, we know. Or if it was like a kind of a parent's panic, where it's sure. like our, yeah. our, 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 our children are, are spending too much time on these screens, but what's actually happening is they're literally having their minds controlled yeah. and kind of... Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was certainly underdeveloped, but, mm-hmm. but, I, but I thought it was interesting that it was in there. 
And, uh, like, and it like, is worth noting that, like, as, as Marianne pointed out, this isn't Evelyn's actual motivation. Evelyn's actual no. motivation oh. amounts to the fact that her parents were killed because yeah. they relied on superheroes. And again, this ties into what, what we're talking about with, with Brad Bird's sort of interest in this idea of people who are exceptional being held back by people who are normal. Yeah. Where, like, all Evelyn wants is for people to, like, have trust in, like, to not trust superheroes, to not trust people who are special, to not, like, have heroes. And, like, that makes her the villain of the piece. I would say, I would say there's a it's massive like, plot hole in the film. In the fact it's that like, mom and dad should have gone to the panic room. And it's like, in what universe does that make her the villain? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like I, not ring the magic phone to call the man with, like, gazer vision to come and rescue you in a break-in. At what point is, like, let maybe we should go wait in the panic room. A thinking, bad strategy. You know, I, was I was thinking, thinking this, is, this is Darren's character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a major plot hole in the fact that this film technically does not need to happen because she is helping instigate the whole scenario of Supers are coming back. If she did not help her brother or, or was secretly sabotaging her brother, this law would never have been passed and they would never have come out of hiding. Because the whole point is they only start coming out of hiding because of being contacted by Wynne and her. Yeah. I was like, confused like, about like what she was like, trying to yeah. do it. It's not wow. like there's it's not like she's there like she like they're her nemesis. Yeah. Because she never met them. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of back and forth. And, like, and you can say, I wanted revenge on Gazer Beam. But if you watch if you watch the first film, he was actually killed on that island. But <laughs> there's there's a lot of that in there where like it's not clear, for example, whether or not Screenslaver is trying to embarrass Helen in mm. front of the public or she's trying to help Helen to succeed in order to advance the plan to the point where they almost legalize superheroes and then, but they, then abolish they abolish them forever. completely. But it's, it was already abolished forever. Very, very, there's a lot of like, it's not the most densely plotted of movies. No. But I mean, I don't think that's an issue when it's as like exciting, as well constructed, yeah. as like very well put together as this movie is. Like but, we say, we, um, we're, like, we're pointing out all these flaws, but we, are, about, we still enjoy it. Yeah. An, it's not about any of those things no. either. Like, no. like the, 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 it's about the, Mr. Mom. Yeah, the, the, the thing it was about for me was Helen having a, a career and about Bob learning to be a a, a parent, yeah. Um, and 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 the two of them also kind of and the anxiety from Helen worrying that she's missing um, her children, her her family. Because there's 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 a line in it where he says, "I can't believe I missed his, his first, first power, power. Jack Jack's yeah. first power." But actually, you missed seventeen. <laughs> and there, 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 yeah, and 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 there's the. Um, it it's it's a strange sort of a thing because the 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 idea of a a one income family is, is it's so outdated these yes. days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, the film is. We hazel- still don't know what time. time About say the film is sort of hazily set in the sixties, which may explain why it can't do Facebook. Have you guys right? not seen the screenshot where Mister Incredible is reading a newspaper and it's in the sixties? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you guys not spend all your time on Tumblr <laughs> like I do? <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, like, also the like Saul Bass production design, the fact that they're watching The Outer Limits and Johnny Quest on television. Yeah. I thought fa- that Johnny Quest was on that TV. Yeah. <laughs> but that 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 makes that makes sense in terms of it being a one in, uh, one income. income family. It doesn't make sense in terms of it being a uh, father stays at home. Uh, well, that's why it was so radical. Work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but it, like I and, and was the first stay at home dad. <laughs> and the the there there was there was an in, 
like I found I found that sort of thing um I found that interesting and maybe more compelling than the than the midlife crisis in the first movie. Oh, however, okay. however I, I I I do agree that the conclusion wasn't really yeah. uh, I, as satisfying or satisfying at all. I, the, I, Oh, in both movies, they do a better job on Bob's arc. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Bob, like, like this is, and this is actually my real sticking point with this movie. It's like we're Helen is the protagonist. We're putting her into the action. Like, okay, what we already know, Helen is super competent. We already know she has a good relationship with She's her kids. Great at action. Yeah, and like with her kids, her, and her ego family. is under control. Yeah. She, like, what like, problem does she have? What flow does she have to overcome? She's, yeah, she's yeah. No and then she goes out into the world, and she's like, "Oh, I loved this, just like I knew I would." But yeah. I'm not going to let it get out of control because I'm I'm a because, sane and rational person. Because I also still care about my family. Yeah. yeah. And and like and even this thing of like she's not like overly worried about her kids and like when they're in the center of the action as well she's like oh i'm she's a bit proud. yeah she's like i'm a bit worried but no i trust you i'm proud of you so it's just like she goes nowhere yeah like, they could have they could have done it that she got well, really obsessed with her they could have done the, the full gambit and said she's really obsessed that, with twins but this is this that would have been good this is the issue with like the the plot switcheroo right which mm. is that like in Love the that word. In the first film, and again, I think Marianne's entirely correct that the reason the first film works so well is because we are so used to seeing men have midlife crises and we know the arcs they're going through. And like one of the things I like about The First Incredibles is that it's a Pixar movie that practically has a metaphor for having an affair in the middle of this movie that it you're does. pitching at six your career. But no, okay. But uh, okay. But there's also, isn't there also a... An uh, almost literal affair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean yeah. a woman? Yes. 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 Yeah. Like, like Helen finds like her hair yeah. on a suit jacket. Yeah. Like, you know, and then she's suddenly like, oh my God, he's working out. He's bought a new car. Like these tropes are so... Yeah. He's dating an old woman. Her and, hair is white. And doing this, doing this in the sort of, in the context of a family friendly film. The issue though is that like, those characters were designed to fill the role that they had in the first film. So mm-hmm. Bob is incredibly insecure. He's got this ego issue to get through. Helen is sort of this like loyal companion who is a little stressed and worried and anxious about it. But she's also the one who holds the family together because Bob being the, the guy in this movie has to be the one who falls apart. Yeah. So when you switch these roles, you have an issue because Helen is so together and collected that if you do the Helen goes back into action story... You can't do Helen goes out of control. You can't do Helen loses I, herself I in it. I kind, I kind of appreciated that that, that it was a very different telling of the story, where and and almost kind of like an appreciation of a mother. Because mm. nothing is 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 ever like um, too much um, trouble for a mother. Like, well, the great scene where every, she's in the middle every, of the car chase and she's like, "Have you yeah, looked under your yeah. bed?" Yeah, um, every every like every. <laughs> um, that was kind of like like it did it wasn't a problem for me that she that she was so capable of handling everything because i i that that was kind of like a, a like i say a kind of a celebration of oh, yeah. of, oh, yeah. of 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 of, 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 so of the difference between a like a mom and a dad do you not yeah. think that's such a common yeah. trope i mean it i mean obviously like the the huge one is marge and the simpsons like yeah. that she well, she's, she's not a superhero no she's not a superhero so, like, but she's incredibly confident she's, and she she's the one who holds the family yeah. together take, so homer can go wild what 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 i mean is 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 taking something that that's that's quite mundane um uh but that ought to be celebrated 
and putting it in this um like uh, fantastical wonderful uh, context where she's saving the world but didn't we get into the first one but also that's such a common trope like sorry it drives me bananas but it's like did you guys know parenting is hard we're gonna show you a man doing it wow like is it look he's having a hard time and it's like what? like i feel like that there, is there, so there, common there, there's also a sense that it's technically then like yeah this everyone goes oh so this film's about helen grand and yet it's well, not Marianne's gets right a, bob, bob is gets the... further character progression because now he's not only just become oh. a better superhero from the first one he's now become and a family man he has now become a better parent in the second well, one this, this is the the issue with with bob in this film right which is that like and it, it's a result of the switcheroo you as well. You some positives in this film. You can't, yeah, no, no. But you, you, <laughs> well, can't, you can't have Helen... I think I've been mostly positive. Yeah. You can't have you Helen... You negatives. You can't go, have Helen going out of control because her character's been defined as a character who's constantly in control. The issue with Bob when you do the switcheroo is mm. Bob is incredibly egocentric and self-centered yes. and very much a sort of a traditional gender role sort of person, right? But within that, you also... You're telling this story that is loaded with potential landmines uh, if you do it wrong about yeah. how special it is when men stay at home because that's a story that kind of gets into like really uncomfortable borderline sexist came, and territory. They, and they came close a couple times. They come very... The issue is they come very close but they stay on the right side. But So like Bob is constant. You can tell Bob is he's insecure. Really upset. He's, he's very awkward. He's There are moments when, for example, when the he's teeth. when the teeth are gritted, when he's trying to smile, when he's watching the positive press <laughs> coverage of her, right? Yeah. And the movie understands that it can... It can literally only push this story so far mm-hmm. before turning him into an unrepentant yeah. monster. So he sort of, he speed bumps over it. Yeah. He never makes a mistake that would make him... This is the thing. Yeah. They never have like a real conflict in the yeah. marriage. Yeah. Even though this... The marriage did have conflict in the first one. Oh well, yeah, the a affair would tend to yeah, do yeah, that. A bit yeah. more yeah. conflict the, the, in the first... But also... I think the second movie hints at it enough. Like, but it, that's the thing it hints at it but it never goes there I and like it's, I think hint. it's exactly what you said is that on both sides they shy away from the full Helen becoming the suddenly the out of control career obsessed woman yeah. they don't go fully into that trope mm. and they don't go fully into Bob being like the resentful hard pressed oh my well, god I, I can't do yeah. this without I, her dad because he literally I, does well he's very exhausted throughout the film he literally does everything he never really fails spectacularly no. like he, well, he gets up out of bed and he does dash his homework so he can help him study in the morning he tries to help Violet Why is and that? when but, but, Why is that the story thing. that you wanted to be told? I I I liked that this was a story ab- 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 about him trying, struggling, and succeeding. The, but the, the issue is that he doesn't that's succeed that's at the, the end. He, I thought it was Helen's he, film. He, no, but he constantly succeeds in the middle. He never like yeah. the issue is the four. I think for a story to be satisfying the moments like when 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 he stays up to kind of like learn yeah I did math. like that I I, I, like, I, that. I I like I I think it, it no it, I think it's very hard it's a kind of and 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 I think it works well on me because I'm a little bit broody like the, <laughs> uh, we're gonna bring this up again no, we're gonna bring up the no, little broody I, I say I'm not like all these moments are lovely what yeah. happens to me and kind of where I hit the wall with it is that ultimately it gives the characters nowhere to go yeah, that's yeah. Right. and that it's not that I'm like oh I didn't want to because I do love all those moments mm. like and I do think The Incredibles is at its strongest when it's a film about family mm. and it does those moments really wonderfully but again having just watched them back to back <laughs> we got to the end of that movie and it's like 
good, still a cohesive family with some problems, yeah. but who ultimately have each other's yeah. backs. I, it, it's not an you know. arc so much as a series of smaller bumps. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And I mean, like this is the thing, like Bob well, they, they, Bob They've fails. already had a lot of growth through the first movie. Yeah, but you then can't why do a second one? Have, but then that's the argument like, of, why the, do a second um, one then? I I I appreciated there being a second one for 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 for, for 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 the very reason of well first of all it 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 meant more delightful movie which we haven't really <laughs> yeah. kind of spoken yeah. much about but <laughs> we're it, an hour into the podcast <laughs> um, and we've just been like but, yeah so go see this movie which apparently we all hate uh, but, <laughs> we don't but, hate it but secondly I did I did appreciate both um having getting switching sorry I beg your pardon switching, switching protagonists and I also appreciated um. Uh, the uh, journey of um, Bob taking on fatherly duties. Because I, 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 because I think, well, I've, I've, I suppose I've just said she's the protagonist of the of, of the movie. The I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't think it's it's maybe developed as 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 well as it could have been. But I liked the the uh, shift in focus. Uh, I sure. like and the. Um, I suppose it, it's 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 something it's something that, and it's a kind of a story that needs to be um, told more because the gender pay gap, I suppose, isn't isn't just going to be solved by gender pay equity. Like there needs to be some kind of uh, move towards like a, you 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 don't you you don't you don't narrow it if you don't narrow the parenting gap too. You're absolutely correct, Andrew. <laughs> but, and and that, that might be like a, a, a sort of like an obvious thing to say, but I, I, I disagree that and it's I, such a familiar trope that we're bored of hearing it. I, I, mean, I, I think it's something that, I, I that, think that they, needs to be uh, said over and over. They shied away from the full... Potential. The, no, well, I wouldn't say even potential, like the full-blown thing of that trope yeah. is Homer... Being like, oh my god, Maroji went away for an afternoon and the house is on fire. Which yeah. does happen. Which is a very <laughs> common trope that you see. Yeah, this... which exaggerates it to a ridiculous degree. And yeah. you, understand, you understand why The Incredibles but... 2 doesn't do that, but the issue is that it doesn't have a story in its no. stead, if that makes but sense. And also because I think what they do is like, Helen has an arc in the first one that's again very similar, but actually stronger in the first yeah. one. Where she's like, I'm hesitant about being a superhero. I want us to try and be a normal family and like stay on the right side of the law. But when push comes to shove, she'll protect her family. I'll protect my family and I'll become a last girl yeah. again. Yeah. But so in this one, it's kind of the same where she has like, I think literally a couple of hours of like, I'm not sure. Oh, wait, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Like, and then. Well, yeah, there's the dinner table conversation, which amounts to these are our character positions as stated in the previous film. Just so you remember. Just so you remember. Now I'm going to go be a superhero. Yeah. I will point out uh, what I got from... It all happens about an hour after the, yeah, which, is, is, which is remarkable about the, the film. Actually, movie. it took 14 Sorry. years to make this movie. Most um, of the technology. Yeah, it took 14 years to make the movie, but it, on, it opens with literally the closing minutes of the last Except, film. Except... And... Um, except the fact that... And uh, Marin will be able to help me out here. Some of the animation has been greatly improved. For example, Tony does not look... Very much like he used to. I saw a picture of what he looks like in the old film yeah, to what he looks like now, and you look at the well, old film, repl- and he is terrifying. They replaced the actor. No, they didn't. 
They, they replaced the actor with Dash. Dash's actor. Dash's actor is no longer Dash. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, um, the role that, that of was Dicker a bit of irony as well. You don't think I actually know anything no, about the cast or crew? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would require research. When I got to the preparation, yeah. Yeah. this is the only man with a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I saw the film, when sorry, when I was watching the film, I saw it when whenever um, whenever uh, Bob would get annoyed at what's going on with her. I always took it as, and that this might just be a stupid way of what I was thinking was in the first film when they're younger and everything, they're they're um they're kind of like they're competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. I took it as he's getting really annoyed because he she's getting to shine and he's not having the opportunity to like he points out that line he says um you go do what you need to do and then when I come out I'll be great. I took it as like it's it's a jar it's so a, I can it's do a it better bar- yeah it's a barb between the what, two of them. This is the thing I took it as that and I was like. That's nice. Well, it's a better way. It's a better way of doing it than you know that sort of like anchorman women can do stuff yeah, now approach. Exactly. Like there, there's an element of the film which, and I'm, I'm hesitant to speak about it because it it maybe seems a bit personal. But there's the aspect of when you're in a relationship with somebody who is very good at what they do, watching them succeed uh, while you are also trying to succeed at what you're doing. And the question of which of you is doing better, and it's not in financial terms or anything like that, just creatively. Which of you is being more fulfilled at a given moment and the push and pull between the two. It's never sort of exaggerated in like a comic book superhero movie sort of way. But I feel like the movie sort of exaggerates that, but it gets at that sort of insecurity. Because when you are in a relationship with somebody who is like special or gifted or somebody who is uniquely talented at what they do, and you are also like to think that you are it's emasculating what you isn't it Darren? it's not I, at all emasculating I'm joking I'm joking but yeah it's, it's not at all emasculating it works both ways there's, there's, particularly if you are a competitive person <laughs> there's a um, thing on American Dad where like I mean the movie even yeah. Francine makes more money and oh, one yeah. of the guys at the office is uh, um and yeah, my my wife um, started making more money, and then this happened. He pulls down his oh, he's pants, got, yeah. and he's he's, he's, he's got, got, no, got no genitalia. So oh, it he's just happened one day. But yeah, I mean, so like, that's definitely still an anxiety yeah. present in the in modern, modern society. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I mean, I feel like the Incredibles two kind of plays with this a little bit in a number of interesting ways. Because one of the first things Tony says when he realizes that Violet is a yeah. superhero. It's like, I don't feel inadequate about that. I'm cool with my manhood. Yeah, like I like strong women. Yeah, I like strong women. I'm comfortable in my manhood. There's also later on, before the climax on the Everjust, the advertisement... <laughs> no, no. But the advertisement that they cut away from is... Even uh, he can make it. Is even he can make it about yes. like cooking goods and stuff like that. But that's the, satirical. Yeah. No, it, it is satirical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andrew, what are you doing? I'm real. No, I'm arranging the, the cookies. This, but Andrew is like doing like a... Like, num num like cookie? Like, num like, num cookie. Num num cookie. Num num cookie. I had to, that's one of my favourite lines. Like, when, <laughs> I'm when, trying when, to when alternate the cookie. Uh, there's blondie oh. cookie and there's uh, brownie cookie. Sorry, in keeping with the theme of the movie, the snacks of the podcast are yeah. num num cookies. Num num cookie. Num num cookie. When, when Bob is doing that, when like when uh, Jack Jack is in the fourth dimension, he's like, num num cookie. Num num cookie. It's just like a vendor waiting for his customer to show up. Does anyone <laughs> want to talk about. Jack-Jack? Jack-Jack. That's all I want to talk about. So about an hour and 15 minutes into the podcast, we're going to talk about how much we love this movie. So this is a great... No, I'm sorry. I think, like, the reason... Like, there's so much about this movie to love that it goes without saying that you do end up, like, diving into the plot. But yeah, I mean, like... That wasn't directed at you. That was directed at myself, you and Graham. So much fun. It is great fun. It's so much fun. Like, Jack-Jack is... 
great like such an anchor for the kids i mean we said this earlier but obviously a very if you were a baby you'd be like i that's where i want to be like setting things on fire like laser eyes that's what i want to be when i don't grow up look who doesn't want to see a baby fight a raccoon you what? know, like, no one, that's it. No <laughs> one. I, I one love how well the raccoon does as well. Yeah, he's, he's on his own. But it works really well because it reverses the dynamic of what you'd expect. Like, because it's a baby versus a raccoon. Your normal scenario is like, well, the baby's in trouble. Now, but I did feel the raccoon could have been fatter. That was a missed <laughs> animation <laughs> opportunity. Have you guys seen a raccoon in real life? Yeah, they're quite fat. They are so fat, but also they think they're stealthy, which is just <laughs> such animation comedy. Because you can't see me. <laughs> they creep but there's this like furry dome and they have their little hands sorry I was just she's clasping were you watching I was about to say and, and the raccoon never also, bounces on his testicles I also have I, I she's al- bouncing on her testicles I have also sorry. have like little little hands um, lots of like empathy and you just did that to your nose I'm actually yeah like itchy <laughs> um, but Yes, great. Like all, but like all of that is so much fun. Yeah, like visually, so much fun. that's because like, yeah, it, it really showed off the animation. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, the the famous story about the first one is that they showed the uh, the animated storyboards to Steve Jobs. And when he saw the screening of it, because obviously he he owned Pixar at that point with Apple and stuff oh, like that. Right. But uh, no, you know he was just hanging around, just like taking a morning off. But after they showed him, he's a make a wish. Do you know Michael? Fassman I would like to see the Incredibles me? two before it comes out. But um, after they so screened the animated so storyboards for Steve Jobs, his first response was, can't you just release it like that? Because it's very much yeah. Brad Bird's approach. As you yeah. point out, one of the things that he does very well is he captures motion. And yeah. like one of the things is like repeatedly throughout the film, there's a sense of physics at play. Like the, with Girl's cycle, the bit where she's chasing the train. That's amazing. Where she cycle. uses the cycle as like a pendulum uh-huh. in order to build up momentum. Where she uses it as a sort oh, of a, a force so to cool. push her forward. It's it's just also, beautiful. Also, anyone else, when they thought the mohawk, did they just see like Storm's mohawk when she said she had a mohawk? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, Andrew. Oh, Andrew. So mean. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, I'm sure lots of people did. I hope yeah. so. Really brilliant at that. And again, something that doesn't often like translate well in live action superhero no. movies that you don't get yeah. like... Stretching does not work. Like, But also like you just even... Like even you get the sense of how strong Mr. Incredible is. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you can feel the impact. And like even some of like the side heroes, like the guy with the crushing powers. Crusher. Like, with a crusher. Hey, but can't uncrush. But can't Why would uncrush? That was amazing. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened when someone asked you to unpunch? Yeah, it's like, but like all of that, like such attention, like you can feel like the weight yeah. of yeah. the like world. Like when he's crushing the, yeah. the, 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 the pylons into... Yeah. Mr. Incredible. Yeah. You and it's like, like snakes are suffocating. Like you can feel Violet's force fields. Yep. You can feel like the friction of Dash interacting with the world. Void is fantastic. Brilliant. She's brilliant. Her powers are so well done. In Void, is, that's one of those great sort of physics things. Yeah. Isn't it? Like the, yeah. You're right when you say the physicality because one of the great things it's about like the Incredibles I really wanted to play Portal. Yeah. Yeah. Really I really wanted to play Portal. Know, as, she was tele- as she was portaling, she was like, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. They're just going to keep getting faster and faster and then die. Bill's on but I will, I will point out, like, and I don't know if you guys know this, a lot of the ideas that went into uh, the Incredibles film was from a, a movie, an animated movie that Brad Bird wanted to make based on the spirit. Ah, oh, interesting. Well, he I wanted to make, Yeah, he wanted to make Which... a spirit comic cartoon 
Disney yeah. didn't want yes. to do it, and so he used everything that he had in the spirit and put it in well, the Well, thank goodness we got Frank Miller's spirit instead. Yes. Said nobody ever. But one <laughs> of the things about the, the spirit is that, like, if you read the original strips, uh, there are comic strips that ran from, like, 19... Was that uh, with Alec Baldwin? Uh, no, no, that's the that shadow. The that's shadow. the shadow. That's okay. um, a great film. The spirit was the one that was written by, uh, written and illustrated by Will Eisner, um, mm. and basically, it's remarkable. It's one of the great examples of the form in terms of like being playful and like mm. exploiting panel composition and physics and stuff like that. It's very physical, and it's literally when you're reading it, it's like reading a cartoon, and you can see how that would influence yeah. Brad Bird because. All of the characters in this movie, they all have a sense of, like, physics and weight behind yeah. them and stuff like that. To the point where you would almost believe that, like, one of the, the reasons that they animated The Incredibles was to test some sort of weird physics engine. <laughs> like, sort of, like, like Interstellar yeah. was used to test black hole it, technology. It, it is funny, because I, 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 I... I'm sorry, I'm not named... I don't mean to keep name-dropping about the you interview. You literally talked to the director. The reason being is, I talked to... I, I talk, when I talk, was talking to Brad, I was asking him, so Jack-Jack's powers... Because I literally just went, I loved Jack Jack's powers. And I said, were there any powers that you didn't use? Because we saw, we, you, you see so many. Yeah. And there's said, a moment well, where the, been... goo, the goo baby was originally supposed to be in the first one. Ah. When, Je- when, when, Fro- when Syndrome is fighting him in the sky. Yeah. He was originally going to use the goo baby. But because of budget and time, if they had put goo baby in it, as they said, like, uh, um, they said the film would have taken another year. Yeah. And apparently wow. that's why goo baby is... Gubey, even now, Gubey is an incredibly difficult power to show off. Yeah. And, and it's in it very, very briefly. You yeah. only see it for like, what, 10, 15 seconds? It, it is worth mentioning, actually, when we're talking about Incredibles and Incredibles 2, the, like, Bird, what Bird does and what Pixar does is absolutely incredible, particularly because <laughs> um, they famously had to move the films off the schedule. Yeah. Like, they're both moved to slot in to fill gaps. Like, I think the first Incredibles was supposed to be released, uh, was it Toy Story 2? Yeah, and this um, one was for Toy Story... Toy Story 4. Yeah. Uh, where basically because of gaps in the schedule they got pushed forward because Bird had actually been so far ahead of where he needed to be mm. in terms of production that they were like okay we'll just release this instead. And, um, then, he got, and then he had to take time to and, do certain powers. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it, it's also the similar thing with Ratatouille where Bird was like Bird had done Incredibles with the studio and Ratatouille was in very bad shape. And they're like, well, who's the guy who we know can sort this <laughs> stuff out on schedule, on time? It's like, do you want to make a movie about a rat that cooks food? He's like, sure, why not? Uh, I'll go ahead and do that. I love that and film. The thing is, they never feel... Like, you, you, we, we've seen a lot of movies, and in particular, we've seen a lot of movies that have been rushed. We see films. Yeah, we watch movies. <laughs> uh, but we've seen a lot of movies that are sort of, like, rushed towards screening. And it very often shows. You can tell where there's been a crunch in terms of time, in terms of budget, in terms of we need to get this out, so stop doing what you're doing. Take what you have in the can and try and edit together. The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2, like, don't look at any point as if anybody really cut any corners. No. If you point out the goo baby thing, I'd notice it, but in in hindsight, there's enough of it there that I... It's just the fact that they want the technology to be able to do it, and in the first one... It would have taken way too much time to put Goo Baby into the first one because, like, we saw a lot of powers. My fa- my 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 favorite power was the um, multiplication Multiple one. Where, where, <laughs> and it's like, what effect does that have on the child's consciousness? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which one is the real one? Is he a swarm? I, I don't is know. There like a which, Borg which, situation? Which one? Is, which one will be watching in the audience, and which one will be in the tank? Is it the one that Bob was holding? Is the real one. Has the one that's the real one already Yeah, that's moved. real Lacanian because it's like, does Jack have a sense? 
sense of himself as other. Well, he's known as Jack. Screw the kid up. He's known as Jack Jack because there are two Jacks. But, mo- <laughs> but mostly, I love when like there's a, a gang of them beating <laughs> the raccoon. raccoon, like like a, a, a gang, yeah. a, a, like like brutally beating <laughs> up this poor. And kid. they all have different facial expressions. Yeah. Implying that there is a dispersed consciousness. Some of them are like grabbing his heel. Uh, what yeah. happens when they're absorbed back? Is it like death for seven of them? I, I, have, I have an answer. <laughs> Are you I an, I answer? an answer? I think I have an answer. So anyone, like, Marion, look at this. So there's an anime called Naruto. Okay. And Naruto I've can, never can, seen Naruto. Seen Naruto. Okay. So basically, Naruto, Naruto can make... <laughs> I'm divorcing myself, separating myself Naruto from this guy. How it works is Naruto can make clones of himself. And like, there's tons of them, right? So one time he's training and he, fought, and he realizes, okay, so if I, tra- if I use the, if I use the, if I use my other clones... I learned from all of their experiences. So what I imagined was, it was basically Jack Jack learns from all the experiences of all the all the clones. So he, he has made. all of those. Consciousness he has all, yeah, he has all those consciousness multiple times. Is that like the key plot point of Naruto? No, it's just one of his abilities. <laughs> okay, well, I was like, I did not know. We are know we nothing. we are all one. Uh, yeah. um, there's um, an X-Men character though the multiple, multiple man Jamie yeah. Madrox yeah. Yeah. who uh, Peter David like famously wrote the arc where he sent himself all into the future to, no but he sent multiple copies of himself out into the world in order to like master various mm-hmm. art forms and technology and then basically wandered across the world to absorb them back into himself thus committing suicide several times over yeah, yeah. in order to retain the ability to play the piano wonderful borderline sociopathy it's there. great yeah, that's yeah. really great it's yeah. a but I mean, I, this is the moment where Andrew eats ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, Andrew is eating melted ice it's cream. It's gross. It's making me feel it's, a little bit sick. Yes, thank you. It's the same with me. I do Join not like. Me. I do not like soupy ice Tweet cream. Tweet us in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a normal person or do you like soupy ice cream? So it's like soupy ice cream. Yes, soupy ice cream. No. Yeah, we'll, we'll set up a Twitter poll. Set up a poll. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I say, like. But, the, 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 the fire, the combustible, the demon baby was amazing. Yeah. I mean, every everything involving Jack Jack was amazing. And, like, one of my favorite moments, you talk about, like, we saw this with an audience full of kids, and you talked about Jack Jack being, like, a really young audience identification character. One of my favorite movies in the film isn't actually in the film itself. It's when we were watching it, and where Dash and Violet have escaped in the Incredit car. And Dash is like, well, we have us. Yeah. We have the car. What else do we have? And then Jack Jack uses his powers and they sort of stare at each other. And this like two year old at the back of the cinema goes, and Jack Jack. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. this yeah. baby gets it. Yeah. He <laughs> seems to be making movies for babies now. Boss baby, like now, now babies can like aspire to be like a corporate kind of executive. I yeah. Think, yeah, breaking all boundaries. Are two year olds babies? I know, like no toddlers. I think so. Yeah. Toddlers. Parts, so it's like we're just using baby generally. I think he's yes. using baby for anything under his age. Babies, babies, toddlers, tiddlers. Tiddlers. Um, um, it's a tiddler. Oh, no, I don't know. Tamales. Tamales. Brandos. But uh, yeah, just in terms of that, because this kind of ties back into... Because one of the things I really appreciated about this movie is that there's a sense that Bird is playing with some of the criticisms that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's the moment where uh, Edna Mode basically <laughs> kidnaps um, Jack Jack. so funny. But, like, where she's walking with Robert. Uh, sorry, she's walking with Bob. And I, I like that I call him, Robert, him Robert when she well, calls him Robert. Quite all right. uh, but, like, where she's walking with him and she's explaining, like, the central metaphor of the film in, like, no linear terms. Yeah. Where she's like, 
every child, uh, most super children have more than one ability, mm. and they only lose it as they grow old. Which is every, weird. Every child has infinite potential. Yeah. And it's like, that feels like, that's that's what Bird is trying to say. That's the heartwarming message yeah. that Bird is trying to get across. That... That that's why that that's what I was thinking earlier on when 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 we were talking about what is Bird trying to get across because it I believe that the first Incredibles movie wasn't about a superhero it was about a normal person because he is a normal person he works in an insurance company he has a wife and two kids they have a normal life they don't do they they they're um it's just that he used to have. This well, it's kind uh, of freedom, yeah, which is and a this potential for... that he's kind of killed. Well, yeah, this sure, is, yeah, yeah, it's the midlife crisis on it. steroids. Yeah. yeah, you know, as a superhero but, analogy, like most superhero stories are analogies. I mean, like we we talked about, like we talked about Deadpool two, mm. which has the exact same moral, and Luke Cage yeah. has a similar moral, yeah. which is like I'm parenting. Season two, yeah, parenting when done properly is a heroic, a, a heroic act, and it's like let us literalize that by making a superhero movie about being a parent, which yeah. is. What Deadpool 2 does and what this does. I mean, this does this better. Yeah. Um, By the way, Incredibles 3. Um, what do we a, 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 a... Incredit 3? <laughs> <laughs> We're dropping syllables. Incredatory. Yeah. One word, Incredatory. You could call it um, that, and it's all about it's all about Jack, Jack, Dash, and uh, Violet. My, could, that could be it. My pitch is, it's, it's like Deadpool 2. Mm. It's also like Looper. In the sense that somebody is coming back from the future to kill a baby. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. My pitch, Jack-Jack, it's 20 years later, Jack-Jack has grown up and is now basically the villain of the piece. And they have to, <laughs> and they have to save him from himself. Well, I mean, it would, it would you be good. You just piggybacked on Mark. I did not. He's the villain. <laughs> the that, that, he was the villain in, in both in Looper and Deadpool I thought you were going, John, you were going John Connor. No. Or you're going, or you're going like Looper the villain. Yeah, okay, when, yeah, okay, yeah. I would just like Bruce to see Willis a movie where, going back where the to... bad guy isn't a normal person. Yeah, trying I want to be a super villain. I want a super villain. But I would like that. There's also like Bird seems to be playing with this cliche that the criticism of him is of objectivist. Yeah. Uh, when the super, when the super, a lot of twelve year olds being like, it was a lot of fun, but those kind of Randian <laughs> principles were right. coming through. Listen, it's actually the parents. <laughs> if you look at Twitter, there are a lot of parents that are like, this my kid didn't like this. Your child. When we saw the first Incredibles, your child wasn't around when the first Incredibles was in. But but the the thing is like and and because they've actually done most, a thing where most kids now hardly even know Ayn Rand. It's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I like that. It's disappointing. <laughs> I don't know who that is. But um, Rand basically came up with this theory of of objectivism, which is this idea that people who are gifted should not be held. It's a back natural by, law. It's yeah. not a theory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should not be held back by like society imposing like limitations. So, is, so this law is basically saying if a superhero did show up, show up. They are immune to all laws. It's, it's, it's a theme that runs through the superhero genre, most notably in the films of Zack Snyder, yes. where Superman shows up and you have this big thing of why can't society let Superman be Superman? But it also plays through in films like like the Spider-Man. Spider-Man was created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Ditko actually believed in, in us. A- Believed in objectivism, and to oh. the point where he invented superheroes who were like regular superheroes, but also objectivists. He did Mister A. He did the Question, who famously inspired Rorschach in uh, Watchmen. I love um, Mr. I love the Question. But yeah, the the character was basically this mouthpiece for like Randian philosophy and free market economy, which was an interesting like it's because the superhero naturally is an individual who it's, knows better than society and who like imposes. Like there's a moment but, in this where Helen's like, "You should impose your will on the world," yeah. and it's like. 
Yeah, that's that's the superhero. Yeah, after watching, right, the, after watching the film, it's like you just gave the villain an idea. Yeah. But the the Randian superhero is doing it is doing something to the benefit of society, but not for the benefit that's of it, exactly. society. That's they're they're d- d- doing it because they're like anyway. Sorry, what are we doing? But, no, <laughs> no, 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 Can we get back to raccoons and babies? This, this is this is the thing. This is the response to the criticism of for... Darren's like, no, I love this. Very. <laughs> <laughs> No, it is, I want to talk about pretty pictures and <laughs> raccoons. But the thing, the thing with like the criticism of Bird's work is that like it's not objectivist because the superheroes actually help other human beings yeah. and don't like build their own society <laughs> in which they lord over us. That, so it's that, more libertarian yeah. in that sense. That's not why I don't think it's it's ob- <laughs> objectivist. But I mean, there's also the bit in this where the characters are brainwashed. Yeah. And like Bird is very clearly having fun with that criticism of him as an objectivist because they literally start spouting Randium nonsense. It's yeah, like they really do. you you are weak in body and spirit. We <laughs> have <laughs> strong and will survive. Which is us. We will use our powers to benefit and advance us. And there's a sense the bird has like obviously read the internet and been like, oh, you want an objectivist superhero. Yeah. This yeah. is this is a bird caricature. <laughs> yeah, this is what like I, bird, a bird man, if you will. What's interesting, so what did you guys think of the other supers in the film? Because like there are a lot more of them. Red Reef- Reflux. I like Reflux. When Reflux showed up, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be acid. Like, but no, it's like, oh, he spouts out lava. That's amazing. amazing. Um, it was molten vomit uh, lava. lava. It, it, it was. It was so upsetting. Yeah. It was, it was like, get from, like, that away from I, me. I did. Like, how is he ever possibly a good guy? What, like, what? <laughs> That's mean. That's mean. That's a profiling via power. It's like Crusher is always going to be a villain. Yeah, you can't can't uncrush. Uncrush. It, like most of Jack Jack's powers are clearly destructive. Um, destructive, like like. It, but the laser bit, the bit where I love the bit where Mister Incredible wait, takes wait, him out and fires fire. him like a machine gun. He becomes a demon baby. Like he is something from hell. <laughs> hey, uh, to be fair, no, that's, 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 that's the Jack Hulk. Jack needs to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that's this next film. I'm telling you, yeah. twenty years. Yeah, I mean that was great fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, the lava barfing was surprising. I mean, I, always loved that I, I wrote a short story about this like a long time ago just the idea that like if superpowers were like a naturally occurring phenomenon most of us should we be bestowed <laughs> would just have some awful situation like that where it's like I'm trying to live my life except sometimes I have to vomit lava everywhere and it has no practical applications <laughs> like it's not useful I love it like I just want more of that like, he's a minion what? he's basically a minion yeah. his power makes him a minion it's it's great like i loved all the i loved the very obvious like uh watchman reference like, with screech yeah where he's basically night owl yeah and yeah it's great and <laughs> like i love the guy who's just like i just kind of like do some lightning because that's so many yeah. like side superheroes yeah. like poorly explained yeah. elemental power and <laughs> <laughs> um, the funny thing is um uh, cr- the Crusher and I can't I don't know what the electric guy's name is I can't remember it is I don't think relevant. he gets a name <laughs> yeah. but no he does because they are vo- both voiced by Phil Lamar and the, the, the famous I, voice actor I like this idea of people having normal kind of um, a mundane uh, power. Yeah, but that, my that, power that, is to always know when milk will go out of date. Like, I, 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 I imagine like uh, someone who has the power to go very fast, but they go very fast because of how greasy they are. Nice, <laughs> nice. thank you for that. Yeah. Andrew. They just kind of run and then they just like slide <laughs> along the ground. Sliding. Yeah. 
Sorry. And, and it's like, yeah, no, people don't want to be around me. It's kind of disgusting. It's a I, smell. It's sure, like, I have mean, you had a shower today? Of course I had a shower it's today. It's like Toad in the X-Men, who no, has incredible agility, like, but also yeah. and like, very... looks and smells like a toad. So yeah. he ends up as the janitor suppose, for like the, the yeah. evil mutant brotherhood of mutants. I yeah. suppose that's why Misfits was so great, because all their powers were ridiculous. Like, there was a guy who could only control milk. But he became like a Magneto character and killed 90% of the cast. This is like the Legion of Superheroes, which has Matter Eater Lad and Karate Kid. And the superpower boy. is that he knows karate. That is There's <laughs> like, also Bouncing Boy. Yeah. Yes. The, the 60s, you could tell there was a point where they're like, we reached superhero saturation. And one of the things I actually, I really love the 60s aesthetic of the film, which ties into that, because it feels very much like that sort of like early Stanley, Jack Kirby sort of design and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the use of physics, the bouncing, the costume designs. That sort of like, it feels very like old fashioned and it has that sort of like, even uh, Guccini's music uh, is beautiful as well. Oh yeah. Like, the, Self and Darren after yeah. the movie. Yeah. And it, 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 we like stayed uh, during in, the credits. Yeah. I, I suppose ostensibly we were waiting for the production babies. Yeah. There, there was an Aegon. There was a blaze. There were twins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but we 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 were kind of standing there listening to this music, um, sort of dancing about. I was like licking my thumb, pretending to play a bass guitar, and then we look just looked at each other and and, and said, "We're we two are cool, awesome, cool dudes." Yeah. <laughs> so did and meanwhile, Graham and Marianne were standing outside, wondering where the two of yeah. us were. We were in the bathroom. I know they play Frozone's theme song. They play Mr. Incredibles. Do they play Last of Us? Yes, yes. they do. Indeed. Yeah, okay, yeah, all three. Yeah. yeah, because I know that what is it in the Frozone's film, is it, incredible. Yeah, yeah, Frozone's is brilliant. You may they, have already heard that as a spoiler zone they, thing. They um, they what is it? Because uh, you sing, Wynn sings the songs to all the characters. He goes up to Elastigirl to sing it, and she goes, "Don't." Just don't. I'll turn this bus around. But the, um, like, I really love the 60s-ness of it in terms of the soundtrack. Because Guccini, who does the soundtrack, he also did the soundtrack to Abram's Star Trek movies, for example. He does the Mission Impossibles. He does, like, the uh, Planet of the Apes. He likes trumpets. He does the Planet of the Apes films. He has this very 60s aesthetic when it comes to doing music. And the whole thing looks and feels like, um, it looks and feels like one of those almost Hanna-Barbera cartoons. It has that sort of, like, Mm -hmm. everything is, like, even Void. Void's character, Void's head is, like, a triangle with her hair. Where it goes goes flat and then you have, like, a sort of an isosceles angle on it. Like, it's beautifully designed. Yeah, and I think I love, like, the... I mean, this is, like, aesthetic I'm into anyway, but the juxtaposition, like, I loved the moment where they're all standing outside this hover train, but all the journalists are taking photos on, like, what look like old-school film yeah. cameras. Yeah. Like, it's like... yeah, And all the television sets are, like, old-style, big-block yeah. television yeah. sets. Like, this is the thing with Screenslaver. Like, in the world of The Incredibles, I don't know if there are mobile phones. But can and, I tell... Uh, sorry. Sorry. No, no. Andrew. Please, <laughs> go ahead. Let us not stand on cover. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, it was interesting to me, though, and this was very, like, to one side, but Wynn, that was his name, White. Yeah, Wynn. Wynn Dever. Fun. How <laughs> much fun we are having. To be fair, um, you pointed out Evelyn's name. I didn't but, realize that. Um, that is sort of at the end, it was like, ah, yes, the tech communications bro was right <laughs> all along. And you're just like, sorry, what is this film criticizing? <laughs> if anything. <laughs> it's really great because 
has it clearly has no idea what it's doing with his character. It's like there's a moment where like she goes and rescues him and kind of takes him to take her oh, away with him. But 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 he goes, actually no, I'd rather throw myself out of an airplane and go down and save but, the day. Sorry, maybe I did but we did get that and that was definitely there that it was like, oh, who is this man? Well, he is like a tech communications mogul. He's a salesman. Yeah, Yeah. but who is also like powerful enough that he has like major influence in the (laughs) US international community. Equivalent (laughs) of this world. And so it was just. The ULN, yeah. But it was just really interesting. He's the Steve Jobs to her Wozniak. But it's so. (laughs) Right? Oh my god! But it's so interesting. (laughs) But it was just interesting to me that it was like the screens are bad. But also, like, yes, exactly. Like this the Steve Jobs character well, is. Well, the, the funny, the funny thing is that it's Steve Jobs and Wozniak in the sense that, like, uh, Wozniak he, a he's he, no, no. But they've switched that because, like, <laughs> Steve, in 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 the real world, Steve Jobs is the evil one. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. we're gonna get people angrily treating at us about that. Well, we can't it, say that. Now. It'd be really funny if Aaron Sorkin just hated. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean well, that's the thing though and again this is one of the things where you're looking at the movie and Marianne's right you're wondering what is this movie saying because it's like this big massive tech bro who has this huge amount of money who out of his own pet interests has decided to advance this cause because there's this weird recurring motif that runs through the film of how awful politicians are there's the moment where Dicker like drops them off at the hotel he's like politicians don't trust people who do good for no reason it makes them uncomfortable. And later on when they're listening to the radio, it's like, as studies show that uh, people would rather trust a monkey throwing darts than Congress. That was whereas, hilarious. Whereas on the other hand, <laughs> whereas on the other hand, it's like the tech bro industrialist who will save us all by funding these exceptional people to do exceptional Did things. It, and this is, this is just the thing I noticed. It was um, so obvious that it was a trap for they were, <laughs> them. When they the were beginning. Going, sorry, sorry. Uh, when they were going up in the elevator, you know, two winds, uh, penthouse. Yeah. yeah the little crossing on the cloud. There's a W yeah. in the sky. But there's also a literal crossing of the clouds just to make sure that you know that they're above us all. Yeah, yeah. but it's just like there's a, there's a W in the sky. It's like going, does he have a, does he have a searchlight scene. like Batman? But I think it is like, and as we've said, like that's not really what the movie is about. Yeah. No, no. But it is very strange <laughs> to introduce these themes, which are huge anxieties right now, and then... Not do just kind of leave them there. Yeah. I, like, because yeah, what, what, like, what does what does Win like, ever do at do the, the end of the twelve-year-olds? I would say what Win does is Win is now their Decker. Win is if they make another film, Win is going to be their new Dicker. That is what's going to happen. No, he's now going to grow uh, with them, and he's going to help them um, traverse the new field I, of superhero her, superheroism. I don't know, because uh, um, I enjoyed um, the very end of. His character when oh, when yeah, when really that was great when when Violet um, says well of 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 course like Ev- Evelyn Evelyn's not gonna uh, get prosecuted to... properly because she's, she's a, a rich person she's just gonna get a slap on the wrist and he, he's just like and, and his line is Violet first thing. I like you. And there, is, there is no second thing. No, there's no, no second, second thing. thing. Just, just drops the conversation. Yeah, just completely like <laughs> just accept it, this and move because on. Because it's it, it's amazing because that's who he is. Yeah. He's yeah. this guy who will like you know sell um, the, the ice to the universe. Yeah. And but I felt like there was like like for me that was almost like a little window into like a movie that didn't happen yeah. where you've got Violet as like an actual. 
engaged teen who like cares about politics and so and but there's a little suggestion of it there yeah that she's like sort of aware of how poli- how how crime works because, differently. Because I mean, I guess yeah. that's one of the things is like because it's such a family centric movie. Like you definitely with the kids, like don't have a sense of like where they are in yeah. this world. You know, it's just like their parents like being like, "We should break the law." No, we shouldn't. Yeah, like, yeah. Dash, yeah. I would say Dash isn't as fun in this. Like he's still well, fun. Dash not, ha- Dash's Dash's arc is can he do his math homework? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dash is not as interesting as he is in the first one not because all, Dash no. in the first one is literally trying to figure out where he should go in the world and like and it kind of has the culmination in the scene where he's running on the water yeah. and it's just like him realising this is what I should be doing yeah. and then he's just like super speeding around the water against yeah. those guys in this it, you're right it is I need to do homework I need dad to do my homework I need homework. dad to help me Help me with my homework. Hey now, and, and they figured it out together. And Violet's Violet's arc is very much a retread of the last movie because, yeah. like, even the opening scene has Tony go. Well, she was she she was like she was before, but she had confidence, and so yeah. this movie then strips away that confidence and has her earn that confidence again. Yeah, yeah they both have very like personal kind of internal arcs, mm. which I mean, for me again, just because they did introduce the theme of like oh you're all slaves to your screens and stuff which again as you say is interesting in a world where it's not even established if like phones or the internet yes. are the don't and it's like oh monitors are everywhere no, no they're, they're not, not. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a TV station they yeah, are yeah like yeah, it, it, they just, it was just such a strange you one. one to... monitor in your house. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky. Did, the, did the, 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 the location and the kind of air they've chosen shoot them in the foot in the sequel? Because it's like Maybe they should. Maybe they but should have done. Maybe they should have done a fast point. Yeah. I like in my opinion. It, it, it doesn't it have like to be set done. in the present day. No, to and, make and, a and, point and, about but to be fair, there's an argument to be made that it's it's not set in the sixties explicitly. It's just set using yeah, the yeah like how Batman, the Batman cartoon, is not really. They never explain when it's set. Yeah, like it's it, just the decor. It, it looks it looks like the forties or thirties, but it's not really. Yeah, yeah, but then you know they meet up with Superman, then it's like, oh no, we're in the present. But this this is very much like that. It's like imagine that it just happens. It's not set in the sixties so much as it's set in a Hitchcock yeah. film. I just kind of wish that they had used the. It's been fourteen years real time for us. I kind of wish fourteen years in the film had passed. That's the all. issue with that though is that you lose Jack like, Jack. Well, yeah, Jack Jack as a child, or you get Jack Jack as a proper full character. Like who can talk? Jack Jack is a full character. That's not what I mean. I know, and I hope if they do a third one, then we can see the evolution of Jack Jack. Maybe Jack Jack becomes the main. I don't want Jack Jack to ever go home. I do. I want him trapped in amber because he's the Franklin Richards of their of their family. He's the most powerful member. His potential is amazing. Jack had more character development than Helen. Yeah, Yeah, he did. No, he did. Not saying that Helen wasn't great. Like I like I still loved her. I still loved. I still loved. I still loved Miss. Uh, Elastigirl's like action. She had some. She had. She had I, so much fun. I, she had so much like charm. Not even that. Even the jokes and interactions. Holly Hunter is amazing. amazing. Um, mm. And in particular, even like small scenes. Like I've uh, seen the movie twice. One of the interactions that stands out to me is just the scene where she's with Bob checking out the Elasticycle, and she's offhandedly yes. saying, "You know, I used to have a bike. Oh, I have used to have uh, a mohawk." And he's like, "You had a mohawk." He's like, "Oh, he didn't miss much." And it's, it's just, but it's, it's this. Like you get a sense of these characters almost as fully formed through the performances and the way the lines Absolutely. are delivered. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit. It's an. Oh my god, where's her point gone? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quick, what she needs it. What I love was the fact that she, she, she. No, hold on. Great, clotheslined me. We have time to wait for you two. We can. Moment of like hesitation. Graham's like, ah! yeah, let me see. No, I don't. Give her a chance to like just. Take a breath. 
Okay, um, okay take a breath. <laughs> no, well, actually, what I'm getting hung uh, up on, I think, and why so I've been sounded like I've been very critical of this movie, which does not reflect the experience I had in the theater, which was like. We're all by the way, the spoiler zone was a massive twist for everybody listening to this podcast, where we're like, we should all go like and see this movie. We love this movie, and then let's spend an hour. No, no, no. Sorry, Maria. But it yeah. is joyous. Like it's like I had a great time. But I think having watched the first Incredibles literally That's yesterday. Nice. So they have the same sense of fun, the same sense of joy, action, movement, all the stuff. But what The Incredibles gives me at the end that Incredibles 2 does not is that this sense that all these characters have gone somewhere. And that for me is ultimately what makes the first one a better movie is that you get that satisfaction of like these characters have grown. And for everything that this movie does so well and just so well like in comparison and sometimes even better than the first movie that is like the heart of it that's missing for me well, you know i mean there's an extent to which say like toy story in the first movie there's this tension between woody um and buzz, buzz but they're close friends by the end of the first movie so like there isn't going to be that kind of but no, no, but, but the issue like, then like, is that in, the second film comes up with a new dynamic by having Woody, like, stolen, basically. Yeah. And having Buzz lead a mission to get him back. And you have that tension, like, in the third one, you have it going almost full circle. Yeah. Where, like, Woody is Woody's kept and the others are given away. Like, it, the movie finds something interesting to do with those dynamics that tells a story. The relationships aren't changing. No, though. but the, like, still Their relationships have been established in, in, in the first movie. Yeah. So like like the the yeah it's more about having like a change of focus yeah. I think like I mean I'm sorry I don't actually like this line of kind of like if I would if it was a different movie maybe it could have been like this but like for me I would have loved more focus on the kids yeah me too you know because it's kind of like we've done Bob and Helen's relationship mm-hmm. like we've we sort of did that in the first movie we know they're a team we know that they're a bit competitive that. Helen is more like, I like to be on the right side of the law, where Bob is like, you know, that's all established. We just didn't focus on that. I feel like they were still like the like running theme of yeah, they I think it did like you know the phone calls and like oh am I going to come home? Oh don't worry, honey, I've got it under control. But secretly I'm gritting my teeth. Like you know, I I think that was. We still don't know if Dash has any friends. Yeah, I would have loved to just have seen a bit more of the kids and like certainly Dash. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Again, but I mean like Jack Jack. They gave us what we wanted at a Jack Jack. Yeah. Violet, unfortunately, they recycled a lot of stuff for Violet, but we still had a picture. In, we still had a view of her life. We don't know anything about Dash da- da- about Dash Dash. Dash. We don't know anything about Dash da- Dash. We learned we learned a bit in the first one where he's a prankster and like he loves messing up in school. But that's because he had pent up energy. After not having this pent up energy any energy energy anymore. I, Where is he in his in his school life? Does he have friends? Can he have friends? Does he find them boring because he moves at such a speed that maybe he can't relate to them? I I I love the metaphor of the um kind of teen or preteen boy having like too much <laughs> pent up energy because he's of not, the okay. How old is Dash? I feel I feel like he's meant to be twelve or thirteen. I think he's like ten. Or I think maybe he's younger. younger. Yeah. I suspect he's meant to be younger. Yeah, because he's not in the same school as as as, um, as Violet. Yeah. But even Violet, like all we know about her is that she likes a boy. Yeah. Like you know, it's like she's and it's interesting because it's like she's presented as kind of quirky, like and you're like, oh, does she like music? Like we don't even see the inside of their rooms. That's Ooh, a fair point. That's a great point. You know, like which would obviously give you sort of like so much like sort of instant information yeah. about who this person is. moving. 
Sure. Like in this film, they, they move into a new yeah. place, which yeah. but, but isn't you, giving you any find, of their personality. But you find out that the house has a backyard, a pool, and a forest. I mean, you, you could, if you wanted, show a You could have had stuff with, with Dash just running well, around not, the forest. They're not going fun. to have a boy's <laughs> like bedroom in, in ready-made. In, in sure. But Dash, you would. Well, Dash can decorate very quickly, but anyway. But, sorry, it's, but it's just like small details like that where it's just like, I just love to know a little bit more about these kids. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. So. Well, I'm in complete agreement that that was a missed opportunity. That's why I felt Dash is the least developed. And yet this is still such a long movie. Yeah. It's one hour and yeah. 15 minutes. But I, didn't, I didn't find it very long. Yeah. And, and looking back at it, I'm thinking there's so much that they could have done that they didn't do. I think a lot of that's down to the fact that it's it's the action sequences. It's action sequence after action sequence after action sequence. Like even the introductory sequence with the Underminer. Um, yeah. that, like, that felt like it was just uh, like um, over like in 60 seconds. Yeah. But that, that was probably that's like, like 10 minutes. Yeah, it yeah. was like five, 10 minutes. It's astounding. And it's well constructed. Yep. It's all choreographed absolutely beautifully um and it, it flows it has this sort of like energy that just sort of goes where everything leads to another where the camera is always falling like there are these wonderful even like small like reaction shots of various characters where bob or helen are shot at a dutch angle sort of lit by the light of the monitors and it seems like something like a panel taken from like a 60s technicolor movie and it just looks absolutely beautiful the entire film looks beautiful. like i mean we talk about like not knowing much about violet and dash like the thing is that, like, Violet is animated ridiculously well in those shots where you can't see her face, where you see the hair moving. Like, mm. just in terms of, like, technical ability, the film has this, and even, like, Bob. Bob, while he's a great character, he's a wonderful physicality as well, where he's just got this, like, wonderful physical presence that tells you everything you need to know about him in how he acts and how he engages. It's I, I think the pacing is actually uh, an aspect in which this is improved on the first. I've 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 I found like part parts of the first while um uh, tended to feel a little bit overly long. Like some some of some of the action sequences seem to kind of go on forever. Oh. Well, I know, and in comparison to this, interesting because I found the first one had more. Well, like it was fantastic. Uh, sequences. Like there's still an iconic scene for me of Violet stopping all those bullets with mm-hmm. her shield. Yeah. That is, and there's no moment. But Violet doesn't get a moment like that in this. Oh, she when she's like, when she's going, when she's she going like this. Several little cool ones where yeah. she uses the force field to and punch then, people across rooms, and you can see that like she's she's using she's generating force fields that are mm. far beyond herself. Like she's using it as projectile weapons. Yeah, which is is very clever. Like again, the physicality is mm. is incredible. And also, there, there is a highlight for me with Helen um, when she's trying to save the ambassador. In the three helicopters scene, that like the the, the movements, yeah. the ca- the camera. Yeah. I mean, just that 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 itself is yeah, better than a lot of blockbusters we see today. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about how Frozone is the guy who does all the heavy lifting and, and no one recognizes him for it? Well, like he's the guy who actually stops the Underminer's machine. He's the guy who like stops the uh, he saves the, the children. He saves the children. The he Ever stops just. the Ever Just from cramming into the city. Yeah. I feel like Frozone is somewhat underappreciated he, as far he, as he, like he appeases yeah. Jack Jack with his ice ball. If yeah. we <laughs> do not see his wife in the third Honey, one. I'm yeah. Oh, did you see break into Bradford's house the, and we in his house see the, uh, <laughs> that's a very weirdly specific threat there's an image going around um, the internet of this, uh, someone just saying we need to see this film and it's an image of Frozone and his fa- of Honey and two children they have oh. and it's just like this is a film that we need to see yeah, or at least a short I would, yeah, that, that, I just because that like that <laughs> that one from the first uh, well, it's not super is so iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, and you, you just get a little bit.
bit of a retread at this time. It's like, I'll be there ASAP. You better be back ASAP. You better not be going out and that. Where is my Frozen Frozone absolutely like yeah. unsung hero. <laughs> and the animation on his ice. And the best song. Like, yeah, by <laughs> yeah, far. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely, if, if we're doing Incredibles 3, I would happily just watch a Frozone film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it feels like his midlife crisis would probably be more fun than Bob or Helen's. Well, I don't what think would his like, midlife crisis be? I think he's going to have one. Like, no. have this, do you see how he dresses? He's well too majestic. Like, the man has his stuff together. My personal favourite bit is the detail when he's wearing his super suit, you can see his like abdominal muscles yeah. there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> as compared to Bob, who's a, you know, maybe let himself go. Well, what was really funny was like when they leave the, uh, leave the uh, hotel and like Violet notices that her mom is wearing red boots and like with the overcoats just like that looks a bit <laughs> a bit shady yeah, yeah I, was, I was waiting for a payoff from that that didn't come where like Violet would be there with them in the meeting or something yeah, oh yeah. that's nice but, but I was I, she I goes want, invisible because it, it is like you see the boots and there's no payoff to it yeah. yeah this is like the more I think about it the more I'm like the kids were underused yeah. and especially in a kids movie we got a lot of like Helen and Bob, like having some issues. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like the first, first which I also I can't relate to. I didn't, as, think, like, I didn't think there was a huge amount of that. But it, the the thing the thing in the movie that that definitely meant nothing to the kids was um, two uh, uh, adult women having kind of knowing. Kind of yeah. conversations uh, about with drinking each other. at work. Yeah, um, and uh, and about the way like, things are. I was like, are those Negronis? Yeah, with the guys. That's like four in the afternoon or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, th- yeah, th- those sequences were like, who is this for? You're going back for a bit of grip so and grin. So are you Samantha? Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Part of me wonders though, like, are the Evelyn and Helen sequences meant to like? For moms? No, but are they meant to set up this idea of, like... And this is where the film sort of avoids the whole, like, again, the anchorman, women can do stuff now. But is it meant to suggest a parallel between Helen and Evelyn as women who have been in the shadow of men for so long who are coming out? I found it it a bit weird that that Elastigirl, she saw Elastigirl as being in the shadow of Mr. Incredible, when really... In the first film, they set it up in the first 10 minutes alone. They were never in the shadow. She was never in his shadow. If anything, she like was competing with him on a very even basis. Sure. Well, I think that's like being set up. I mean, isn't it, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff about Evelyn's character. But like, I think... You know, when we ever bring her up, we get really down. But like, I think it's like, it is a weird one though, because it's kind of like because she's so incoherent, it almost seems like it's pointless to try and analyze it. But... <laughs> Okay. It's That's true. Like, no, it's fair. Um, That's what I'm laughing but, at. But like, I think there's supposed to be uh, a, a sort of thing of like Evelyn being like, "You get it, right, men? Am I right?" And Elastigirl's like, "Well, no, not really. I'm in a functional marriage." And Evelyn's like, "I have a choppy Since haircut." yesterday, like a Negroni. So easy, even eating <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, in a functional marriage like this last week. For the yeah. past, you know, 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes. You know, Before that, I thought my husband was having an affair. Yeah, and it's just a bit, and like, and I thought there was a little bit of like, with Evelyn's character of like, oh, this bitter woman who's not getting recognition for all her amazing inventions. And it was like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, that is 
that is a fair point. But she's like played off against like Elastigirl, who's just kind of like, I'm just happy being responsible for everything all the time. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, well, it's look. very important for 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 men to take credit for things. Sure. Rather than to be good at things. How like, how much did that peak as my voice soared into the gender sphere? Just like another no, no, thing. Why why upset the system? It's working so why well. Why wrong the boats? The yeah. ever just. Well, there's the really awkward moment where Evelyn's arrested and there were screensavers arrested. The the guy, the pizza guy who was serving. <laughs> that was mean. And that was where, really mean. Where the police officer goes, sure, blame, blame the, the system. system. <laughs> and it's like, what is the, what is the, what point is the film making here? And like, it's like, yeah. Is he was literally brainwashed. Yeah. I think the like, uh, so he was just a pizza guy. Yeah, he was surly and also a pizza was called, ooh, she's a villain. But yeah, <laughs> I, and then she became like, I want to speak to your manager, mom. Like, and it was just kind of like, it was just all over the gaff. Yeah. Like, all of that. Like, yeah, but it was like, yeah, sure, blame the system. And it was like, Brad, there's a big policing problem in America. Have you heard? Well, like, and this is just for film continuity. I'm like, like you, you've seen that screen slaver enslaved people with screens I mean like eyes like that's a very obvious thing and he's talking incoherently like his, all his victims I'm surprised can no one put that two and two I'm together I'm surprised it took Helen that long to do it though yeah me too although I, I did like but the, she was the only one that got it so the what? hypnosis um, the hypnosis thing yeah um, the hypno in, in the apartment though it has uh, it has a hidden Mickey Mouse in it where? So in that little machine she has with the stopwatch on the pendulum, uh, the there are basically three spinning wheels that are aligned to make oh, Mickey Mouse a silhouette. Head, yeah. My God, you watch things closely. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did the same. I was looking for something. It's like the A one one three. Yes, well, yeah, that's Dementia one thirteen at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is nice. A nice shout out to the great that's, Irish horror film. Yeah. Which we won't be covering on this podcast. Uh, um, great. <laughs> Earlier in the podcast, you oh God, clotheslined uh, Marianne. No! Um, you were going to say something. I don't know now. Did she want to clothesline me now? <laughs> All right. All right. Lots, of verbal, lots of verbal clotheslining. No! I'm sorry. I <laughs> oh <my laughs> subscribers to the Patreon can listen to an extra hour and a half of, of the podcast. Well, yes, that was what right I was getting this. at. But, Do you guys get a Patreon? But for our... For our um, I was wondering, uh, is there anything else that anybody else wants to talk about? We didn't talk about the short. Did we talk? Oh, Bow. We did not talk oh, about Bow. Love Bow. Which Andrew loved. Andrew, Andrew really was so did. vocal about I his love I kind of want to hear film. Andrew talk about what he loved about Bow. No, I was sitting on the because, op- like, the, the, I was right the, beside him. The hilarious thing was it, it, basically, it was this short where there's a uh, dumpling that becomes um, sentient. sentient. <laughs> and uh, the there were so many hilarious things about it. Like, it was hilarious how cute um, it, 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 it all was. was. Um, there was the moment where the woman first bites into the dumpling and the dumpling starts screaming, <laughs> which was hilarious in itself, but it was also hilarious because other kids in the audience were getting really upset at this horrifying spectacle. <laughs> where, where... I saw this uh, last night in a, cit- in a cinema in inner city Dublin and there was a great line from like a 14 year old sitting one or two rows in front of me who when that happened, their response was duff. <laughs> <laughs> Reed, Reed uh, who went with us, um, when the dumplings started to grow limbs, she said, oh God, no, it's evolving. <laughs> but it's it's really beautiful because it becomes this sort of touching story mm-hmm. of motherhood. Yeah. And then the dumpling becomes a teenager, which is 
hilarious. It was so well, good, uh, and they, but uh, like even all these moments within it, like where where <laughs> the the where uh, um, the dumpling wants to play football, and the mother like there's this gigantic sliding Slide tackle. tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or or the moment where it, it gets something from the fridge and slams the door so as to draw the mother's attention, <laughs> opens up its so drink nice. very loudly, and then walks out of the room. There's a whole host. When of I saw that the first time, I was just like, someone just went. I bet you she's going to try and eat that thing at some point. And then she eats it. It's like, oh God, I thought it was wrong. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. It's not, like, it, it's a very intense short for kids, it seems. Because, like, the moment and where... people! And, well, the, like, the music stops when she shoves the dumpling mm. in her mouth and when she swallows it. And, like, there were gasps the first time I saw it. I think there might have been gasps this time A child well. definitely at somewhere in the cinema was like, is she eat it? And it was like, she yeah. did. She did. <laughs> she there, was no, there was no chewing. She swallowed that thing whole. Th- that doesn't make it better. Now it's just going to get dissolved by okay. acid. I loved. I love when the um, the oh, head, Andrew shut that down. Head, <laughs> head, head kept kind of falling down, and she fed it. She oh, fed it so more, its head would go back more <laughs> filling. Or when it, it did a header, and its head was also sunken back in again. Also, the little uh, little sort of dodgy goatee oh, dodgy thing that it grew on itself. No, when, well. when when she when she uh, gets a knock at the door one time, and he goes. <laughs> yeah, and the girl shows up and she's like hello and she just shows off the ring and she's like oh. it's really <gasps> great visual this storytelling dumpling has taken things way too far dumplings aren't meant to get married uh, I mean, like, apparently this, this short though did not go down well in America really? yeah they did not like it they did not know what it meant they didn't understand the metaphors behind it's it really? like it was uh-huh. fairly clear you know yeah. it's very clear I saw a lot so, of weird reactions on Twitter yeah there's a lot of weird reactions they did not like it literally swallowing her child rather than releasing him into the, the, into the world yeah and then like it clearly it's it clearly meant that they had they had like they must have had some kind of fight and that's why he wasn't there that's why he came back well it's but America apparently Americans didn't get it and the person who made the short was I suppose a little sad about it what, what it was because it's like Obviously, the person who made it was from. I believe this is. I'm not. I'm not quite sure which it is. It Korean? Does I think it's Korean. Korean. I think he was Korean. Yeah. Okay. If, if anyone can, someone will. Well, someone will at me, and I hope not angrily. Um, and the whole point is, this was a woman. Uh, sorry, a person telling their story, telling a story that clearly meant. A, a lot great deal. That's a yeah. personal and story. to share the story I'm... to the world because you will get a world audience with a Pixar film. Yeah, yeah and it's it's and America just goes nope, we don't get it. Oh, it's a Chinese Canadian. Excuse me, Chinese. And I think there's also so much in so many cultures about like putting your feelings into your food. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and like that sort of like yeah, it just I mean it almost seems like banal to try to explain it. Do you guys have many American listeners? <laughs> yeah, we, we do. Not we anymore. Actually, <laughs> are you guys okay? <laughs> but yeah, so with regards to either Bow or Incredibles 2, is there anything that anybody else that we haven't covered already? <laughs> Darren is like wrap up the class. <laughs> Get out of my house! Hey, hey, I, I want to shout out a very special lady. <laughs> Go Graham, on, Graham's girlfriend. Hey. Oh, Reed, yes, Reed. We, we, she was going to come and then changed her mind. Yeah, we, we, we have to leave her her shout out. Yeah, she went shopping. To a post credit sequence. She, for in, some reason, uh, didn't Red want to participate in this. It's <laughs> <is> so weird. <laughs> like, she, she feels very. Uh, whenever I ask her if she wants to, she, she always gets very shy about it. She's just like, I don't know if I could talk about it. Um, yeah, who doesn't enjoy all this yelling? I know. <laughs> you know? I mean, she lives with me. She must be able to put up with it to some degree. 
Um, it's just it, it's just a, it's a very brief uh, it's a very brief two hours in your short life. Yeah. Sorry. When I say short life, I mean short in the sense that any life is short. Ah. <laughs> um, Darren, I We're don't going think off anyone has anything left to say about the movie. That's the sense <laughs> I'm getting. But like, and this <laughs> I mean, I, I like all right, I love the animation i mean it is and I don't know if mean, like, the quality is maybe the best i've seen in any film i think like even from like pixar what released now a film what once a year now at twice least a year, twice a year twice a year like they already did coco this year for yeah example. oh what is that kind of for this year or is yeah, that last year well it would have been last yeah. year but it's, yeah it's just their animation quality is just so outstanding and every year it just gets better and better i don't know how they do it but i, I did learn one thing that kind of disturbed me about Pixar. Um, and this is kind of sad to say, like, when I was talking to Brad, they pointed out every time a Pixar film ends, there's a rap party. And then the people who finish, their, who have the, say, for example, Coco, they will go up to the next group of people who would be the, who would be the Incredibles team and go, don't screw up. So basically, there's this weird um... mentality, this weird competitive mentality of, do not be the one Pixar film that fails. Um, and it terrified it, it internally terrified but me. But I mean, okay, financially yes. But yeah. like I feel like if you're not Cars Two, you're fine. Yeah. I feel like the Cars or Two maybe guys the dinosaur. I hope the Cars Two guys got like a serious look when they said that. Well they got like, a Cars Three so they recovered. Yeah. Um, if you won't just, love me in my Cars Two, you don't deserve <laughs> me. <laughs> my Cars Three. Like cars that's that's, 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 what I found, that's what I found so interesting. There's a there's an intense pressure. Because I I asked them like, is there is was there a pressure? And he said yeah, double so. One, because there's an internal pressure in Pixar to, ne- to never really fail. You want to tr- keep trying your best ne- to, to always succeed. And then there's an extra level of pressure for this film because everyone has been talking about Incredibles 2 since Incredibles <clears throat> 1 finished. And now we do... This n- is why the tech bro is the secret hero of Incredibles 2. <laughs> yeah. I just found it really interesting that he was... He was so candid about saying that. But I was mean, like, oh, you might sugarcoat it or go, you know, there's, Pey- there's pressure. But Peyton you know- Reed said literally the same thing this week with regards to making Ant-Man and, and, and the Wasp. Wasp yeah. Which is like, when you get the job, the first thing you're told is don't screw up. Yeah. Uh, which is always reassuring. It's like, welcome aboard. Don't, don't mess, screw up. Don't derail the gravy train. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that sort of, I think, wraps up this episode. Um, guys, if... Where can we find you online? And is if not, is there something that you would like to plug? Something you're enjoying that you'd like to draw our listeners' attention to? So, Graham, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm at Graham Geek Era. Uh, is that right? Yeah, Graham Geek Era. Uh, on Twitter, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I have my game site, uh, Game Air. I have Speaking Geek, which is my podcast. And I'm on scanon.com and movies.ie for interviews and my reviews. And I like a lot of things. I currently finished season one of Steven Universe on Netflix, and I highly recommend it for fans of animation, good storytelling, one episode is like 10 minutes long, and oh. it's, it, it in 52 episodes, I, I fell in love with those characters, and I highly oh. recommend, it's on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Marianne? Um, so you can find me on Twitter, at Tiny York, um, I... Um, fully up to date on Steven Universe and it is also uh, one of my favourite shows it only gets better and in the tradition of those kind of very good animations like slow ramp up to some excellent excellent world building Mm. so yes 
That that is helpful because I, so I was I was like black. I was like, oh, I don't like anything. What will I plug? So <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, that was an excellent segue. <laughs> Andrew, um, I'm a q u i n n i u q a on Twitter. Um, I I think I might I might be having a mukbang soon with Jack Hodges, but I'm not sure yet. Sorry, what's um, a mukbang? <laughs> muk, 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 muk. It's not what it sounds like. This mukbang is a not family what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, patrons mukbang will have to pay a, for access a, a to cor- a mukbang. A, a Korean word for vicariously watching other people eating. Which is what I should have been doing serious? all along. Is that actually a thing? That is. Actually oh, it's a big a thing. thing. It's very popular. <laughs> this is the sort of stuff that screen slaver is trying to save us from. <laughs> exactly. Um, you're, yeah, not, you're not playing the game. You're like, in the game show, man. It, it By the way, me doing something. Listeners that... cannot see Mary Ann's face. <laughs> She's so frozen. She's frozen. A mukbang. A mukbang. Not an English well, word. So do you no, pay? Okay. okay. Do you okay. pay for it? Um, well, some people would pay for it. I don't. I don't see myself uh, charging for it unless it becomes like. Oh wait, a you're you're, not, you're the one that's eating. You're not the one that's watching. Yeah. So yeah. people would pay to watch him mukbang. We'll be eating and talking. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ASMR people like it. <laughs> oh, you like the sound. Oh, oh my god, this Are is so chewing? weird. It's a it's a very strange. Do you thing. eat Korean food? Um, and does it scream while it's in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily going to do this. I was just before. No, now you have to because we need but to. Now you're committed. Like you're now, committed. you're totally like on the podcast. Before, Andrew and Jack. Before mukbang. before I went to LA, I was thinking. I By wa- the way, every time I say mukbang, yeah. Graham giggles. It's amazing. <laughs> it's something to be. Well, whereas Marianne Tee. seems to grow more and more disgust. I can't leave because I'm in the middle of the couch, but I want to. <laughs> You can flip. Is that it? Don't <laughs> <laughs> <It's your mukbang>, worry, <laughs> yeah, we'll include it in the show notes. It's, no, yeah, it's 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 before Do I we went. Get the link to it. <laughs> oh, we'll start playing. We'll have an autoplay. In fact, the first episode is going to autoplay after this podcast. Oh, no. a, a YouTube video will start playing on your podcast app. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I am, to Darren. I am Darren underscore mini. You can find me online at Twitter. I also write at the movie blog. I've written in Sinairan, the Irish monthly film publication, um, and, and various other podcasts, including, say, the X-Cast or um, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast that's running at the moment. Oh, nice. um, yeah, so you can also follow 250 online at uh, Stitcher at iTunes. We are on um, Twitter at, at the 250, spelt using real letters. Unlike Incredibles 2, we retained the the. We managed to, to hold on to that. Uh, you can also listen to us directly at SoundCloud as well. So take it easy, guys, and we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week covering either The Secret in Their Eyes with Anya O'Connor or possibly uh, Mission Impossible uh, if it makes the 250. I think it will. There's a good chance. The buzz on it is uh, they're describing it as Generally, the dark when Graham says that a movie will make the 250, true. it won't. Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. We're still yes. waiting for Justice League. You still owe me that milkshake. I do. Um, anyway, take it easy, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Please hold for your mukbang. <laughs>